Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's films are Razorback and Daddy's Deadly Darling. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I'm not sure if his toilet overflowed or if he's just in trouble for leaving the seat up. It's one or the other. Uh, either way, it's it's good. Good podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should warn you up front, my uh, my girlfriend's stuck at work, which means I'm podcasting and in charge of the baby at the same Ooh, time right now. Double duty so, dog. In theory, he's going to sleep this whole time. It's not a problem, but <laughs> I may have to subtly excuse myself if something goes wrong. I'll drop you like it. Work in the late shift. I know. She went in at 7.30 this morning. It is 9.30 at Ooh. night. She's still there. That's so, nice. if you use the toilet, basically what you're going to have to do is pull the back off and just set the cover thing over. I like how we both went silent to listen in. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping I can get this audio quality up so everybody at home can hear it. Sorry guys, plumbing malfunction. How how was you guys this Halloween? Uh uneventful. I was a little grown up. Sat and waited for children to come on my porch when it was like forty degrees out. And I got tired of waiting, so we went back inside and waited for children to show up. So we're trying to be proactive, sit yeah. outside with the candy and, like, you know, see them walking up the driveway and be like, oh, look, it's Spider-Man coming to visit, you know, and stuff. But we man. we had three. Oof. Three little groups of kids like that. I, I don't know why, but parents and this helicopter parenting shit has ruined Halloween. Halloween is the best fucking holiday <laughs> and they've ruined it. Oh, I think, yeah. I mean, even the groups of kids that come around, the kids are like 10 and the parents are still with them. I'm like, well, what is that about? Yeah. I understand the five-year-olds still have the parents with them. But... Yeah. I, I got into a screaming episode over social networks. Oh, Jesus. Because somebody posted one of those, uh, you know, they're handing out meth as pop rocks. And I was like, you motherfucker. And I was like, not one. There has never been a single recorded incident in the history of Halloween, which started in the 
thirties of any kid ever being harmed with tampered candy. Not once. It's never happened. That is a made up thing. Never happened. I don't know. Our local yeah. news was saying there was some candy with nails found in it. You're you're off by a little bit because there was one incident. It turns out to be the uh, the kid's father did poison him or something like that, and then tried to blame it on the strangers. I, I, I was going to say, but once again, it was it was a poisoning done by the father blamed on trick or treat candy, which wasn't true. Well, technically, the father put the candy in the kid's trick or treating bag. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that first candy you get from your parents? How's trick or treating or not? That's that's the. I was the I was getting ready to say that is first hand candy. That is not second hand candy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the news here was like, yeah, there's been reports of tampered with candy, and they show like pictures which are not. It's obviously like. A reporter did not go to this person's house and supposedly take a picture of this candy. It is like a milk dud with like a giant nail driven through it. You're just like, no, that's not. It. I think yeah, I, yeah, I think I saw it. that yeah. here too. Actually, like, <laughs> I think it, it sounds like you're describing the same picture I saw, but like yeah. mine was like somewhere in British Columbia. That's where the, <laughs> that's somebody had tampered with the candy. I, and like, I if did. you want to tamper with the candy like that, go ahead. Because no idiot, like a kid that eats that, deserves it. So, <laughs> somebody posted one of a, uh, a treat-sized Skittles bag that had been tore open, and it's like slid over the toe of a full-sized alligator, and it's like this is that's phenomenal. I was like, yeah, that's about what those accusations are. Yeah, no one is giving meth. To children, no one's doing no. that because meth is expensive and meth hits wonder meth. Yeah, everybody who has meth has it because they want it for themselves. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit's ridiculous. We had this, this other weird thing because it was like cold. It was like 40 degrees here. So what parents were doing was like they would pull up in the car like in the middle of the block and the kids would get out and just hit all the houses and then get back in the car and they would drive to another part of the neighborhood, which I was like, fair enough. I mean, it is like cold out, but whatever. Um, but it was weird because like our house is essentially like the last one on the end of our block. And we are literally sitting outside with the porch light on with a giant tub of candy sitting between us on the bench. And we would watch kids get out, hit like three other houses, look directly at us, and then just get in the car and they would just drive off to another block. And we're just like, those people look poor. They don't have the big chocolate bars. Get the fuck out of here. They're not giving out full size Snickers. (laughs) Those kids were judging you. That's how I see it. Those are clearly dumb dumbs and fruit juice people. If I get Uh, one more box of dots, I'm going to murder someone. (laughs) We did, we did have dots. <laughs> Do you know, you know what we had? We had like a bunch of little girls coming to the door and they would knock on it and they'd be like, is there a baby in there? Can we see him in his costume? Like, how do you people know there's a baby in here? The baby sense little, is strong. Little kids just are observant and know what's going on in the neighborhood in a way that I don't. Do you have I have a, no idea who these kids were. Do you have a baby on board sticker on the back of your uh, car? Oh shit, my girlfriend does. You're right. Do you think the kids? Do you think the kids put that much thought into it? I'm just saying, if I was a sociopathic murderer, that's how I would know. 
and, and, and you essentially the term if. <laughs> well, and essentially that's what all children are. They're just murderers <laughs> incapable of committing murder. <laughs> if they were capable, little. they would murder. <sighs> all right. I don't know if we need to get into that discussion. Sorry, I got distracted. I found a uh, meme that is, <laughs> that is that is highlighting what I've been saying all week, which is that America is the only country where a fictional president is held to a higher standard than an actual one with uh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey at the top and Donald Trump at the bottom. So, I'm going to I'm going to state this right now cuz we all have these this this topic ends up coming up over and over and over and over again about uh, people who do bad things who are artists and their art exists out in the world. If one motherfucker tries to tell me I can't watch The Usual Suspect because it's got fucking Kevin Spacey in it, I'm going to brain them with a hammer. <laughs> no, I think that's okay. The weird thing for me is American Beauty is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and, yeah any place to a pile. And, and so, yeah, he tries to have sex with, or almost has sex with the young cheerleader. So now that makes me feel weird about watching it. Like, how old is that girl supposed to be in that movie? Around the same age as that guy in that story? Yeah, maybe somewhere. I mean, with, I mean obviously within a couple of years at least. Like, I've said it before: the artist is dead. <laughs> Never take into account the existence of the actual person. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless you're writing like a book. If you're writing a book about that movie, you can talk about how Kevin Spacey inappropriately <laughs> made advances in a 14-year-old person. And apparently a bunch of other people, too. But... See, I haven't read the other people thing yet. Uh, I mean, it's... They're, they're not going to be worse than that one. It can't no. be worse than that one, so... <laughs> no. And apparently, it's, it's come out that the work environment on House of Cards was not very good... I've read so, I've read stuff before that people say he's not pleasant. Well, I mean, there's talks of like assistants going to pick him up and him trying to put his hand on their pants and weird stuff. So yeah, see, I, I had I have never heard that stuff. That's weird and creepy. I don't isn't know. There like in House of Cards, isn't there like a thing where he makes one of his like Secret Service guys have like a threesome with him and his wife? Well, I mean, he doesn't make him. But it's kind of, he pressures him using his... Yeah, he pressures him, and the guy does it. So, like, this guy just harasses people in the real world and then sparks something in his brain and he decides to put that in a movie. (laughs) I have no idea. I'm just tired of all these people ruining my movies. Yeah. It's it's never... Here's... If, here's what I've told a few people. If you don't watch a movie based on the fact that somebody who worked on that movie did something shitty, then quit watching movies because you have no justification to watch any movie that's ever been made. I know, but when it's in the headlines, it's a little harder. I know, I, I know it's, <laughs> it, but that's the whole thing. M- morally, from a moral standpoint, there's no difference between the two. Just because you're more aware of the first one, that that doesn't yeah. excuse anything because if you told people that you hadn't read an article about Roman Polanski telling you the shit that that guy did, yeah, then people would say ignorance isn't an excuse. 
And I'd be like, but Chinatown's pretty awesome. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. And so, yeah, rapists and murderers and all sorts of people have worked on movies over the years. And the artist is dead, and you have to pretend that they're dead. Trust me, I I am, and I'm even hypocritical on this because I will not watch any of the Jeepers Creepers movies because of Victor Salva or Silver, whatever the fuck his name is. But yeah, I think it's Silva. I don't I really don't like. I don't really hold Polanski to that either. The, but the, I'm also not like a huge Silva, Polanski fan, though. The fact that Silva looks like a menacing pedophile does not help things. Have you ever seen a picture no. of him? Yes. Like, like John Wayne Gacy without the clown makeup on. Yeah, yeah, you could not be more of a stereotype. Like, you couldn't on purpose. But that's what's the problem it? I have with it. I don't like the stereotyping. It's yeah. like, come on, man. <laughs> but uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna rape children, at least look presentable. I was gonna say, like the first Jeepers Creepers movie. I really like the first Jeepers Creepers movie. I haven't rewatched it, not out of some moral thing, but just because it, I, I haven't really had a reason to rewatch it. Yeah. And I'm probably not going to go see the third one, because I do object to it being made. Yeah. Oh, because that was after. You know what I mean? Once once it's oh, after... Was well, but it was also... But it was before it got unleashed into the public. Like, now, now that I do specifically know... Mm-hmm. And now that the entire world collectively knows and have been made in, making it known that they would not appreciate them doing that. I, I would casually throw out, though, that you previously said ignorance was not an excuse, and now you're saying because it's known is when it ought to be uh, well, I'm, uh, what, factor. Well, what I'm saying is it was, it was known before he was given money to make another film. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying I object to. That's, that's my problem. I, I have no problem with films that were made like before people knew. Like Polanski's movies, they were all made for the most part before he got excommunicadoed into a bizarre wonderland. Now he has made things since then, and most of those films I have not watched because that's weird. Like once once you know somebody's a terrible person and then you give them tons of money to make a movie, then it gets weird. But I can't hold somebody responsible for hiring somebody to do something when they didn't know. Yeah. Does that, does that, does that, does that make sense? I'm, I'm, and, and I have no moral judgments against people who would watch it because there, oh, yeah. there are some arguments to be made that, like, uh, Victor Salvo went to prison. Like, technically, he... He served his time and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm not justifying that. So nobody right into the show being mad be saying that. But I'm saying I oh, understand. just got an email. Yeah. I understand the argument well, that they I'm, make for that. What, watch watch this. Because you, you think you're saying a shitty thing. Watch what I'm going to say. I would take it a step further and say that it is well known that helping people reintegrate into society reduces the risk of them reoffending. So one would argue that it's actually better to continue to hire these people than it is to shun them and push them off into the corner. Yeah. That would be the devil's advocate argument against pushing these people away. Yeah. In which, in which I, once again, I totally, I understand the argument. It's not the argument I would make, 
in in Salva's case, the one thing that makes it more complicated than some of the other ones is that he sexually assaulted a child on a film he was directing. You know what I mean? So putting him into the same position of authority is weird. Agreed. I think we we can all agree that that's... Yeah. That was was always my argument was like, well, people like, well, I mean, he, you know, served his his sentence and got therapy and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, if in the same situation, if you found someone was running like a daycare and then they molested a child and then they went to prison and did therapy, you wouldn't say congratulations. Now go, you can go work at this daycare again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Here's not, not just that, but giving the person a daycare (laughs) here's your free daycare yeah so i don't know it's complicated do you guys remember like episode one of this podcast i had just rewatched jeepers creepers and i said i didn't want to get into this discussion (laughs) took you guys like eight weeks to drag me into it it's here's here's the problem with the fact that it keeps that and i think it's going to get this is going to get a lot worse before it gets better and in some ways that's a very good thing because people should be yeah. exposed as pieces of shit when they're pieces of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, my, my objective view of the way you should treat art versus the persons involved with the making of it differ significantly from, I would say 75% of the people that I know and they actively get angry at some of my views and, and it's okay. And I'm, I'm okay with them being angry as long as they don't storm my house and attempt to burn one of my Blu-rays. <laughs> you know, if you, if you burn my Rosemary's baby Blu-ray, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> like it's a very good movie. I, I get that. He's a terrible person. You're not taking my movie away from me. Well, I would, I would go as far as to say that. Yeah. Like regardless of why, there have been people offended by my DVD collection for as long as I've had a DVD collection. There, there's lots of people finding lots of reasons to be offended by what's in your home. And yeah. I, I think there's, I think this is a topic that is controversial enough that there's room for multiple views and people should be offended by my Blu-ray of Ilsa that I just picked up. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I think we, I think we kind of agreed that that was a better movie than it deserved yeah. to be. And yeah. you shouldn't be offended. I think that was one of the few movies we all agreed on. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we I'm agreed not, on, we agreed on that. Yeah. We agreed on that afterwards, after we watched it. So some like normie coming in be like, what the fuck is this? Some fucking Nazi movie with boobs in it. What the hell? Well, they get offended. Well, and what I'm saying is I, I'll never argue that it isn't offensive because it is offensive to yeah. most people's sensibilities. I'm saying that it's a good film despite the fact that it's offensive. Well, I would argue that it's a good film because of that, because it's supposed yeah, to be yeah, offensive. That's, yeah, that's part of it, yeah. But that's Elsa. Yeah. And once again, we can forgive all that stuff because most of those people are dead. <laughs> Do you guys remember when this conversation started? The question was, how was your Halloween? How the fuck yeah. did we get here? <laughs> because Kevin Spacey ruined Halloween. That's right. I'm not sure if he did. He's, he's not in that one. But it was Rob Zombie that ruined Halloween. I can't keep track. Technically, his wife did more damage. 
his wife definitely ruined the second one. Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to argue that H2 is her fault? Well, I mean, there's a Every, lot of blame to go around for that. Everything one, but... about that movie is garbage. And yeah, totally. So what What I can't... No, there's no individual to blame in that, except for maybe the director and writer and guy who hired his wife to be the part of the problem. The, the big thing I can't figure out with Rob Zombie is with the fact that his film sensibilities are so in line with my film sensibilities... Why is it he's only made like two movies that I like, and I I like hate the rest of them? Or he's only made one movie I like. So, oh, like ironically, like I would say that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the sleazier elements of filmmaking, but he has made several movies I like. So, and I I actually defend the first Halloween. So, ugh. Shame on you. That's a whole other episode. Let's not get into that. That's going to be... We'll just, we'll just not talk about the movies we're supposed to be talking about and talk about the Halloween movies. <sighs> so let's talk about Lords of Salem. <laughs> I hated it. See, I that's one that I find like tolerable but boring. <laughs> I, I think he just stole a bunch of 70s tropes. That's all of his movies. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, just, like I said, it's so in line, and I like ripoff movies. So why is it that the fact that he's making ripoff movies and in like uh, cinematically they're not badly done? You know what I mean? Like the camera work and the lighting and all that kind of stuff's fine. So why do I not like any of these movies? <laughs> It baffles even me. Well, you baffle the rest of us. So I don't know how we're going to get around that. True. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into this week's movies. Otherwise, we're going to talk about this forever. How Kevin Spacey ruined Halloween and then Rob Zombie also ruined Halloween, literally. All right. Let's talk about 32. So. <laughs> well, it's called 31, first of I don't, all. I don't know. Actually, I haven't seen that. Because I, uh, I, I just like Rob Zombie so much, I haven't watched it. Did we did that? We did that on the last show, didn't we? Yeah, on the last one. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. Ugh. All right, so this week uh, we're doing uh, what I like to call Porktober, even though we're out of October. Um, just because, it's because Porktober is fun to say. Um. So how did this... Oh, this was requested. Razorback was requested. Does anybody remember who requested it? Uh, Alan, right? Oh, that sounds right. I was going to say Alistair. So we're probably both right. Yeah. It was, I, I put my money that it was Alan or Jeff, and I don't think it was Jeff, so it's probably <laughs> so, Alan. We don't, we don't have another one. Yeah, one of our two listeners. Um. Well, we do have a third listener, but we'll get back to that in listener feedback because we actually have some this week. Oh, yay. Somebody's telling oh, me I'm shit. bad. No? <laughs> we could go through let's, that, too. That's fun. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> All right. So we decided to do – we requested to do Razorback. Uh, we teamed it up with a movie called Deadly's Deadly, Daddy's Deadly Darling, a.k.a. Pigs. Pigs. 
um, which is the only way I can find it. <laughs> I couldn't find it under Daddy's Deadly Darling anywhere. There are YouTube versions of it under both names. Really? But the official Troma webpage has it under Pigs. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Pigs first. Doug, why don't you tell us what Pigs is all about? All right, um, <laughs> Doug. Do you need me to tell them what? <laughs> I can. Okay, so the movie open opens with a guy raping his daughter, so she murders him. She's institutionalized, and then she escapes um, and runs off and gets a stops in at like a farm slash cafe where she. <laughs> so weird. So she takes a job as a waitress, which comes with a place to live at the farm, which is normal because it's the 70s. Uh, Coincidentally, the guy who runs the farm feeds human meat to his pigs, uh, which is kind of a sort of Harvey Weinstein situation where everybody knows it's happening, but nobody says anything about it in this little town. Ouch. Um, And then things start to get weird because she doesn't seem to know that she's psychotic. So, uh, she's living with this guy. He's used to be, this is weird. He used to be in a circus. So he died once before, but that's irrelevant. Um, and basically as, as she ends up killing people, he feeds them to the pigs. Um, and eventually since every guy in town is coming by to hit on her, eventually the sheriff is as well. And uh, that starts to complicate things. And I mean, that's kind of it. The movie ends with the hospital finally sending somebody to bring her back and things go awry from there. Which, uh, how, how easy was it to escape from the hospital? Well, it's because in the seventies, nurses were sluts. You became a nurse strictly so you could fuck people while on the job. We all know that because we've all watched enough movies from the 70s to know that that's how it worked. Specifically doctors. Not just doctors. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, there are there are nurses sleeping with all sorts of different people. In, uh, in uh, Halloween 2, it's like she's sleeping with like the guy that drives the ambulance. It's yeah. weird. But anyways... In uh, New Year's Evil, she sleeps with some guy who suddenly just showed up at the... Uh, just knocks on the door. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. In Naughty Night Nurses 5, <laughs> there's like a chick has sex with two doctors and a patient. <laughs> uh, All right, so... That movie totally exists. Trying to get us back on track here. <laughs> what did you guys? What did you guys think of Pigs, aka Daddy's Deadly Darling? Which, by the way, it totally makes sense for this movie to have two titles because it really is two movies: one about a guy that feeds bodies to pigs, and one about a girl that's uh, psychotic and kills her father. So, uh, um, let's see. I looked up trivia for this and found out it was shot in eight days. Makes and, sense. Uh, I will say it's pretty obvious when you watch the movie that it was shot in eight days. It was clearly edited less. <laughs> yeah, probably. I like that the uh, official trauma release of it has um, like these weird skips in it where it's like you're watching the movie and then all of a sudden it's like a second before. And you're like, but this is the official release. This isn't some crappy like <laughs> VHS rip. <laughs> this had like an introduction from Lloyd Kaufman before I watched it. 
<laughs> yeah, it was weird. I kept thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? And then, oh, I've seen this happen, like, four times now in the last half hour. So, <laughs> Good, it's not me. No. Even even the credit scroll does it. <laughs> yeah, you're how, right. How do you mess up the editing on the credit scroll? There shouldn't be any editing. There's, like, <laughs> no, there's no reshoots, like... It's one thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll have to ask Lloyd Kaufman if we ever see him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I watched this. Uh, I thought it was pretty terrible. Um, I spent a lot of time going, surely this is almost over. And then being like, there's still an hour left. What the fuck? <laughs> it's only like an 80-minute movie. I know. That's the second <laughs> part uh, even my wife was Amanda was she was sitting there, and she's like, "This movie is lame." And so she started looking at her phone, and I would check to see how much longer. I'm like, half an hour left. She's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like, "No." She's like, "Oh." So she got up and left the room and went and did something else. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> uh, that means Noah's about to drop that he loved this movie. Loved? No, no. I, I did have a good time watching it, though. Uh, but a lot of the good time watching it came from the the problems more than the intentional stuff. Like, I thought the editing jumps and stuff were really, really funny, especially after, like, the 20th time it happened. Uh, I thought the the script is quite possibly the most terrible thing ever written. I mean, human beings don't talk like that. Not a single, I, not a single character talks in a way that a person I feel like talks. you're 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 giving this film a lot of credit, assuming there was a script. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't see. It had to be a script because a, an ad libbing awkward person would sound more natural than that. All right. But there's there's a lot of stuff that gets said in this movie that is not relevant to the rest of the movie. So no. I would assume somebody is adding it in on the day. Just yeah. What, what if we have a story about how this guy used to be a magician and everybody calls him like the great whatever? And yeah. it's like okay, but then I'm I'm waiting for that to play out. Like yeah, let's put that in there too. But then that doesn't play out, and there's like that's all this movie is is like a bunch of ideas thrown at the screen. None of them play out in any way. Like, it's so weird. Like, there's a vigilante group that shows up at one point in this movie. And then the sheriff is like, not in my town, boys. Go home. And they go, all right. And they leave. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, I I will say that there's one thing in the film that was effective, which was surprising, saying how nothing else in the film is effective. Most of the the stuff that directly involves the pigs like i don't know something about the like the shooting around the pen and with the noses like coming underneath the fence and especially the combination of the the pigs squealing in combination with like the woman screaming and stuff that's yeah. really disturbing and i did i did find the, the sound effects of the pigs even when they're just in the background or when, like, for some reason, there's, like, a little side thing where he seems to release his pigs and they, they just circle the neighbor's house all night. And I thought, like, the sounds used there were really effective. Yeah. And, and, and it's bizarre because it's almost, I feel like it's almost as if this is one of those movies where 
the director had that one really, really good idea and then tried to build a movie around one good idea for a sound slash visual gag and then uh screwed screwed it up from there <laughs> like, yeah. yeah like I, I figure like when this guy the this i don't even know who directed this and i'm not looking it up but like maybe like when he was a kid he fell into a pig pen and it scared the shit out of him so he's like oh i should capture that and put that on film and then they're like okay but that's like three minutes and movies are like 90 minutes so what else are you gonna do <laughs> and that's when they just started putting everything else they could think of into it it's like what if there's this like quiet secret town where everybody knows what he's doing but nobody wants to stop him I'm like, okay that's interesting let's explore that no let's not explore it let's just throw a different idea on top of that what if there's a psychotic girl who comes to work there okay had his pig farm no he's got a cafe why does he have a cafe at his pig farm it's got to be a health rule against that it doesn't matter right. it's like it's just okay. idea after idea of just being spitballed and they put every single one of them into the movie and none of them play out in any way Okay, so here's the thing. You guys keep joking about that store, but I have a story. <laughs> like, uh, I had a friend who worked in a town, and I'm not joking. In that town is a place called Yoder's, and Yoder's is a grocery store slash cafe slash movie rental store slash auto mechanic slash feed store. One the, auto building. Is, the auto mechanic is the only thing there that seems out of place to me for a small town. I'm just saying, and, and they do other stuff. I can't remember what the other stuff is, but it's terrifying. It's like a giant machine shed with a grocery store in it. Like, <laughs> I was once in a small town and I saw a real estate agency slash video rental place. And it was nighttime, when I, so when I went in to look at the movies, they just had the lights turned off on the other side of the room, and that's how you know you couldn't use the real estate services at night. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, but like I said, at the end... Oh, oh, and here's something. It's, it's stupid talking about gross inconsistencies in this movie because the entire movie is gross inconsistencies. Ugh. But exactly how crazy is Crazy Girl? Because at times, she's so crazy, she's completely non-functional. But by the end of the movie, she's sober crazy enough to, like, fake her own death and escape. Yeah. There's no answer to that question. The movie's just fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's just grossly, grossly inconsistent, like, across the board. Not only is she like, she's different kinds of crazy. Like sometimes she's murderous crazy, but other times she's just still thinks her dad is alive crazy, which are two different kinds of crazy. Yeah. Right? Because like she, she goes out, first of all, she's like very timid in some scenes, but then murderous in other scenes. But she ends up going out on a date with the one guy and he like tries to force himself on her. So she gets out of that situation but then invites him over and then murders him. And I have no idea if she plotted to murder him or if she changed her mind and really did want to sleep with him and invited him over or what happened. I'm pretty sure it was plotted murder. But yeah, once sure. again, gross, grossly inconsistent. Like, yeah. she's she's within frame of mind enough to murder somebody, but then after murdering him, she has, like, a complete mental breakdown again. Like, like oh my god, I can't, I didn't do it. Ah. And then, I think she then forgets that she killed the guy, but I'm not really sure about that. Because then yeah. the other guy feeds that body to the pigs, and the next day she doesn't know that she killed anyone. Oh yeah, we... 
I don't know if we we thoroughly pointed this out at the beginning, but he's feeding bodies to pigs before Crazy Girl gets there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's a coincidence yeah, that she yeah. ends up at that place. He's he's already robbing the morgue in uh, feeding pig, dead people to the pigs, yeah. and one of the crazy neighbor ladies keeps trying to tell the sheriff that he's feeding dead bodies well, to the pigs, and at okay. one point the sheriff says, "Well, technically, it's not illegal." <laughs> I think it is. No, I don't know. You guys, we live in different countries. I'm not familiar with all of your laws. I know it differs state to state, but it's probably illegal to steal a body from the morgue and feed it to a pig. Des- right? Desecrating is, a corpse. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, desecrating a corpse is illegal. Like, yes. Okay. But what I liked about it, too, is the sheriff doesn't seem to believe her. And they're like, he's stealing bodies and feeding them to pigs. Uh, he's acting like she's nuts, but he does have a report on his desk about the body that got stolen. Like, he knows factually that a body got stolen, and they're like, we think he stole a body, and he's like, I don't see any connection here. <laughs> well, and there's the there's the weird scene of when the investigators finally go out to the pig farm, and they're by the pig pen, and the missing guy's dog is laying by the pig pen. And basically, crazy guy tells them, like, maybe he smells the dude in there. What are you going to do about it? Get out. <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's essentially what happens, and the cops like, now all right, then. <laughs> can't well, get <laughs> can't get a warrant or anything to search this pig pen, you know. But that, I mean, right there, that's probable cause. You wouldn't even need a warrant. Like, I don't even know if you really need a warrant. It's a pig pen. It's not like it's inside somebody's house, but. Very uh, t- technically, I think it would still be private property unless the zoning for the cafe would subject it to being actually public property. I don't know. <laughs> We're arguing I'm, over I'm really surprised they didn't get into the zoning discussion in this film. <laughs> uh, like, I said, like I said, it's it's so it's so close to crossing the line of being so bad that it's it's fun to watch. But I don't think it ever quite makes it there. Like, no, I, the thing is, I, I like a lot of the ideas that get spitballed out there. The idea of a guy, like, I assumed at some point we were going to find out he was also feeding, like, he was either feeding the pigs that ate people to his customers, or he was feeding human meat right to the customers. Like, I'm waiting for that to happen. They never go there, which is kind of weird. I, like, I like the idea of a small town where there's this crazy guy and everybody kind of knows he's nuts, but nobody wants to do anything about it. All these are good ideas. They're just not explored at all. And did you guys notice that that even though the the woman seems to be very specifically saying that he's feeding dead bodies to pigs, that every time the cop and the other guy aren't around them talking about it, they talk about it like they're claiming that he's doing witchcraft and turning people into pigs. Yeah, that's another one of those inconsistencies that you mentioned. It just, yeah. it really depends. In some of the scenes, they think he's magic, and in other scenes... Saying, well, maybe one of those is Joe, and it's like, what the fuck? What, what does that mean? Like, is well, Joe? He, he's like a magician. He used to be in the circus. I, so, I, yeah, maybe I, that's it. Maybe they think he's it. an evil warlock turning people into pigs. <laughs> well, I think in I some scenes they do, and in other scenes they think he's just feeding the people to the pigs. I like his his whole story, too, that he does the first time you see him feeding a corpse to a pig, where he basically says it was an accident, the pigs got out and ate a drifter that was sleeping <laughs> in the bale, and now... Now the pigs have an unsatiable hunger for human flesh. 
the pigs never seem to make any attempt to get out of their pen. So I'm not sure if it's unsatiable or if they just, if you just started throwing other stuff in there, they just eat whatever because they're pigs. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I don't. So, like, okay, so you have murdered cannibal pigs? Why don't you, like, uh, kill and saw off your pigs and buy new pigs? Like, like it's, pig, it's pig farming. They do pig kill-offs all the time if there's disease or something. I, I assume the same applies when you have horrible cannibal murder pigs. <laughs> hey, don't it's bring also... your human laws into. <laughs> it's the law of the pig pen. There is that moment where the the sheriff is like, "Why don't you just sell off your pigs?" And he's like, "I'm waiting for him to get fat enough or whatever." He like loses it at the concept of getting rid of his pigs. <laughs> the pigs too skinny. They're skinny pigs. <laughs> I, tried, I accidentally turned a skinny guy into a pig, so it did not have to be fat enough. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm not too sure, but those pigs look pretty big and healthy. Oh yeah, it's another yeah. inconsistency. <laughs> you got big, fat, healthy pigs trying to. I don't know, they're too skinny. I can't get rid of my murder pigs. It's. Or, or maybe he's trapped in a weird loop where he can't just like starve them to death because you know that would be cruel. He can't like kill them and feed them to somebody because they've been chewing on the human meats, and uh, he can't like do anything else. So maybe he's just trapped in an endless cycle of well, I got to take care of these pigs, and the only thing they will eat now is corpse meat. <laughs> So it's definitely easier to kill people and feed it to the pigs than it is just to kill my pigs. I I love that in your scenario, that guy's the victim. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Doing the best he can in life. Nobody. This crazy girl just coincidentally shows up at his door and he's like, oh, fuck, I got to take care of her now. Listen, (laughs) nobody ever asked to get stuck in an endless loop of feeding your cannibalistic pigs. Stop calling calling pigs cannibalistic. Cannibalistic is when you eat your own. They don't eat other pigs. Sorry. You're defaming the pigs. What would you. Is there a specific word for things that eat human flesh? Man eating. Man eating pigs. Man eating pigs? Yeah. Yes, I don't see. I still feel like man eating just insinuates that they would uh, like attack and eat a person. While I'm thinking they're more just flesh hungry. They just want them sweet, sweet long pork tasty meats. I don't fucking know. Okay, so moving on. Can somebody explain to me why there's a whole backstory in this about how that guy fell, hit his head, and was legally dead? And therefore, other like the vigilantes think they can't be charged if they kill him, which is that, another that, crazy legal loophole that I don't think is real. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is, well, then the vigilantes can say, well, he's already been dead once, so we can't be charged with killing him for that two-second scene where they talk about it. But then they just go away, which is absolutely insane. I've never in my life seen a vigilante mob in a movie get so riled up and then the cops like nope and then they're like fine <laughs> I, don't, I guess I we like won't vigilante today some somehow they're using that story to justify him feeding people to the pigs and tolerating crazy girl like an, in which i just thoroughly don't understand what their point is <laughs> that he was dead for a little while so he thinks differently about the world because he was dead like i don't I don't understand it. It's just (laughs) too much logic out of this movie. Come on. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like every single. I feel like this is one of those movies that they day one they were like, okay, well, we're shooting all this cool pig stuff, and the girl screaming along with the pigs, and everybody was like, oh yeah, that sounds pretty cool. They're like, what are we doing tomorrow? And he's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. (laughs) <laughs> let's have a, a really long scene of a guy who's looking for the girl so he stops at a gas station for directions and the guy at the gas station is just a dick to him for no reason let's have that yeah and then tells him to go across the street to ask somebody yeah, and he goes, does but we don't hear any audio and he that guy apparently gives him directions to the cafe it's like what was the point of this whole scene i don't get it speak Speaking of which, I, I do want to talk about my favorite skip of the entire movie. And and while it's close to being the credits, it is not. And that is when she goes back the first time near the pig pen, and he like comes out and grabs her shoulders. There's a time jump, so she goes from just walking to him like being against her, holding her. Then they like notice that they fucked that up, so they back it up a fraction of a second. Which is still too late. Like, it's still him coming in to grab her out of nowhere. So, so her walking, already grabbed, not grabbed, grabbed, then continue with scene. Uh, editing costs too much. Lloyd was like, just let it go. Just let It'll it be go. fine. They were like, who's your script supervisor? And they were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, somebody who sits in a chair and looks at a script? Like, what's their job? you want to know something really sad apparently the director mortgaged his house to make this movie oh that is sad that is really sad uh he's like i don't understand why this doesn't seem like it would need that much money (laughs) the good news is he didn't starve because he had some pigs he had (laughs) (laughs) well i guess i own these pigs now and they're good for nothing so We've been we've been feeding them this fake human meat. Now they might actually be dangerous man-eating pigs. Actually, oh, actually. One, of the, one of the things I think that was actually kind of clever that they did is they fashioned like human limbs out of bread and then threw it into the pig pen for some of the really? shots. Yeah, because it did look pretty good with the pigs eating the still clothed bodies that he threw in there. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, everything everything that directly involved the pigs was good. Yeah. I just don't I just don't understand how once again it's it's so wildly inconsistent <laughs> because that stuff is so competently done. Why is the rest of it so bad? <laughs> I don't know. This movie sucked. <laughs> Can we talk about the sheriff for a minute? <laughs> Can we talk about the sheriff for a minute? The fact worst, that he's, he's the worst sheriff. sheriff in the history of sheriffing. Yeah, like he's a terrible sheriff. He use he like literally picks up a girl who's about to be raped, does nothing to the rapist, just tells him to go home, and then like hits on the girl while he's driving her home from the rape scene. <laughs> quit trying, you quit trying to rape that girl. But I'm meanwhile, make sweet love to her. Wait, meanwhile, what? he's driving around this town in a jeep with a fucking Captain America symbol on the side. So for <laughs> right, knows, no, he's the sheriff. Right. <laughs> when <laughs> Captain America throws his mighty shield, <laughs> they'd have been better off for sure. They'd have been better off to not have anything on the side of that jeep and just yeah, yeah. And then another major problem I had with him is he's always wearing the same outfit but in different colors. 
and the film is so poorly made that the lighting is different in every shot so i could never tell if it was like the next day or whether it was still the same day because i could it always would look like his clothes changed colors but then they would change back <laughs> and that's just because the lighting was so fucking off that it would it would actually make things look a different color which is fascinating i've never noticed that before in a film <laughs> And it's like his uniform, which is just like jeans, shirt tucked into the jeans, badge from the dollar store. (laughs) So, Doug, recommend or no recommend? (laughs) You know what the thing is? I didn't hate this movie because the stuff with the pigs was good enough. And there was enough ideas in it that I'm like, okay, all those ideas could be interesting. Like somebody could take one of those ideas and write a script around it and make a good movie. But this isn't the good movie, so I, I I have to say no. I don't recommend people watch this one. <laughs> Brian, uh, definitely not a recommend. The only the only way I could ever see watching this is if you get drunk with a bunch of friends, and I say drunk, not drinking. You have to be drunk first. <laughs> you gotta really pound it, <laughs> and then watch this movie, and it would probably be tolerable and hilarious. <sighs> I'd say if you're a film student, you should probably watch this movie <laughs> because don't do this. Yeah, because Just, there's yeah, a whole the same lot way of... they show like car accidents to kids like when they're studying. Get yeah, the yeah, like like see this, see how good all this stuff is. Why is all this stuff around it so bad? <laughs> like, let's talk about that class. Let's talk about why this is all so bad. Uh, yeah, like I said, it, it, I, it's not a recommend for me either because it doesn't. It doesn't make the uh, the turnaround. Like I said, it's not so bad that it's good. It's just kind of uh, bad, decent in a, in the pig parts, and then pathetic and sad in the rest of it. So you can get a laugh out of it if you really really like bad movies. This isn't a bad one to like kill time with, but uh, it's not not one I would pick out for you. <laughs> This is a movie that's like 80 minutes long and has like 40 minutes of filler in it with the vigilantes with the ladies across the street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, none of those serve any purpose plot-wise, so I no. don't know why they're there other than to pad this movie out. But I literally think they made the movie, minutes. they made the movie, and it was only 40 minutes, and they're like, shit, uh, what if we make up these characters, these old ladies that live next door? And just throw them in. See, that almost seems right. It almost feels like it was a 30-minute short film that got turned into a feature link film by adding a bunch of BS to it. Maybe. Because like I said, the, the pig short film. Like, the pig short so film. good. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, I, I, it, we're still a 30 minute short film that would have like a, a crazy girl that shows up to work at a cafe and coincidentally the magician that runs the cafe also has a pig farm that he feeds bodies to the pigs. Like, I, I don't know that that's a great 30 minute short film either. I don't know. Like you said, I don't. I, I don't know. It's just wildly and inge- like I said, wildly inconsistent. Is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, I do recommend this if you host a podcast. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so any listeners out there who are thinking of starting their own podcast, steal the idea of doing this movie. Well, once once again, any any movie like this, the worst movie on the planet, is fun to watch with a group of friends. That's that's just always been the truth, and it always will be the truth. So, yeah, 
don't know. This movie made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like, as a filmmaker, it, it broke my heart. <laughs> broke well, my then, heart. You, then you kill a dog, and I know that that's something that you have a problem with. Uh, something I have a problem with in both these movies. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, yeah, can we go that one? Um, <laughs> yeah. Noah, I'm going to have you uh, tell us what Razorback's all about since you were shocked that me and Doug had not seen this movie before. Um, but first, I have to sidebar for a second. And I was flipping through Facebook while you guys were talking because fuck this movie. And uh, I see you are having conversations about how annoying you think uh, Aquaman looks in the new Justice League trailer. The way he talks. I, yes, I don't yes. care the way he looks. Yeah, yeah. I think he looks badass. I, I agree the way he talks is kind of whatever. Um, but I see you making an argument for having Clint Howard play Aquaman. No, Clint Howard played Modoc. Yeah, but you said Clint Howard in the role of Aquaman at first. Well, no, that's not what I meant. She just said it's Jason Momoa, and I said Jason Momoa hasn't done anything to earn like my devotion to him. He's not like uh, like an iconic person like Clint sure. Howard. That's what I sure. meant by that conversation. Well, Clint, I'm just Clint Howard you, can play anybody he wants to play, and I will go see that movie. I'm just telling you that I'm not really looking forward to the Justice League movie, but if Clint Howard was playing Aquaman. I would like pre buy tickets like right now. I would probably I would, buy a whole theater. Just I would. Myself. I would camp out in front of the <laughs> Like yeah, they got Henry Cavill as Superman. Ben Affleck's coming back as Batman. That Gail Gadot. Wait, does this say fucking Clint Howard as Aquaman? <laughs> what yeah. the? We what will. The fuck? We will. So they'd have to put him in like the orange and, the, and green suit dude. <laughs> with like a horribly like. Donald Trump blonde wig. Since we are on this this sidebar, we must play the game because that that's always been my call. In addition to one of the current movie superhero universes, actor and character, who would you jam in? Mine is Clint Howard as Modoc because that would be fucking amazing. Uh, I had heard rumors they were talking about doing a. Uh, Blue Beetle uh, Booster Gold movie with Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. Oh, shit. Which I would totally be on board with. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm in that. <laughs> I, feel like it was, I feel like it was really unfair for you to throw that question out with a pre-notice. I don't, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I will have this awesome answer tomorrow, and I will yell it at the top of my lungs at an inappropriate time. <laughs> Confusing. <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be toward the last end of this episode that we're going to be like, yeah. So and then the boar comes in, and you're going <laughs> to you're just going to like scream, scream, Doug Jones at the top. You're like, Doug Jones. <laughs> Is anybody? Because I mean, obviously, Doug Jones should play Plastic Man. I mean, that's just a given. That makes sense. <sighs> All right. Do you want to talk about uh, Razor back there? Noah? Yeah, yeah, I can uh, I can do that. Uh, so this is a movie uh, about a man searching for his missing wife who was assaulted and left for dead in the outback by two uh, uh, terrifying inhuman Cretan people that work at a packing plant. 
and the term, the, the term for those people is Australians. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. And uh, and there's also a giant rhinoceros-sized boar. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's, so, that's the plot of the movie. I mean, that's... well, you say like this guy looking for his wife who has been left for dead or whatever, and I say. <laughs> holy shit, I thought this lady was like the lead that we're going to follow this lady, and now all of a sudden I guess, minor spoilers, she's dead. It, it kind of lead switches on you three times. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you think it's going to be her, then you think it's going to be the old man that the boar took his son, and then you eventually get to the last guy. <laughs> yeah, the supposed Canadian who shows up. Isn't it weird that this movie's in Australia, and the woman shows up, and she's American? And then her husband shows up, and he's killed. No, absolutely not. Do, how close do Australians think these two countries are that a married couple would live in different ones? Like, see, I I think the entire the entire thing of this movie was uh, it's it's an exploitation film, so they were intentionally doing that to sell it in America and Canada. <laughs> that's I mean, that's exactly what they were doing. There's no. The the lead character they even had uh, oh what's his name um, ah vamp vamp for time vamp 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 <laughs> see I figured he was just like he could see the future and be like well Americans are going to be embarrassed to say they're from America in the future so I'll just say I'm from Canada that's what you think yeah. That's what my coworker. My coworker was going to London, and then he was going to go to uh, Iceland for a while because his stopover flight was in Iceland. So he's like, "Eh, fuck it, I'll stay in Iceland for a couple of days." Because I've never been to Iceland, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just going to tell everybody I'm from Canada because fuck that. Everybody will think I'm a fucking psycho." Oh, Jeff Jeff Bridges. So <laughs> Jeff Bridges was was originally in the running to be cast as the lead guy. And he they vetoed it because he didn't have enough international appeal. <laughs> <laughs> so instead, we ended up with uh, that guy. <laughs> we could have had the dude versus a giant boar. It would have been great. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We could have had the dude and a giant boar. <laughs> also, interesting factoid, they spent a quarter of a million dollars building a full-sized functioning animatronic boar that you see in the movie for less than 10 seconds. I think it's animatronic. I could have sworn it never moved. Like like I said, the, the functioning one, you barely see it in the movie. Instead, it's all the stupid little bits and pieces things where like all you see is its mouth or... Hmm. Yeah. All right. This is back when you can spend stupid money on bullshit on a movie and still be okay with it. Yeah, but it's essentially the important thing about this movie, it starts off being about a boar. The middle of the movie is totally about those two weird dudes. And then the end of the movie, the boar comes back. <laughs> well, because at the beginning, right, the movie sets up that the boar comes into this house and, like, runs off with this kid. And then we see, like, that like it's the grandfather is, like, being blamed for the missing child, right? Yeah. And um, I'm thinking, okay, so this is a revenge movie. This guy's going to be on the hunt for the boar, and that's your whole movie. I'm in. 
close enough. And then it becomes this weird, like, like it has this like, weird, like, eco message about mistreating animals in slaughterhouses or whatever the hell is going on. And I'm like, okay, that's a weird twist, but she's eventually going to team up with that guy and she's going to yeah. learn a lesson about how sometimes you have to kill a boar because they're giant and eat babies. And then yeah. she's just gone. And the next thing I know, there's a fucking Canadian guy on top of a windmill, and all I'm thinking is, I think Tremors ripped this off when the guy gets stuck up there because the things are attacking him. (laughs) Wait a minute, how did we get here? Like, this is so insane. Even even to the point of them knocking it over. Yeah. Yeah, For Uh, sure. Which, uh, sidebar, sad news, apparently Michael Gross is not going to be in the new Tremors. I know, I'm upset about it. (sighs) Not cool. Can that be my answer? Can we edit Michael Gross's character from Tremors into one of the cinematic universes? I don't care which one. We can. That's that's, uh, Bernie, right? uh, Bert, I think is his name. Bert, that's right. Uh, When are we going to get Reba back? I don't think it's happening, man. We're so far off track on this episode. Back back to the movie. <laughs> Michael Gross kind of reminds me of so from this movie. This movie yeah, is so good. You guys are distracted. It is weird. It's like, yeah, it starts off because I seriously thought like along the same lines as Doug where it's like, oh, she's like animal cruelty, all this stuff. But then she's going to have to like go. She's going to be like out, you know, in the wild in Australia up against this boar. And she's gonna have to go like, uh, fuck is that movie? Like the descent. She's just gonna go all crazy and like, I'm gonna have to fuck up, fuck this boar up and whatever, go primal. But like that is nowhere near the case of anything that happens in this movie. I I, I'm not gonna say that this is what happened because obviously I don't have the wherewithal to know it. But it seems an awful lot like the three of the actors: the uh, the main chick, the main guy, and the old man were probably three semi-in-demand people at that time. Mm-hmm. And maybe this fairly low-budget movie that spent a quarter of a million dollars on an animatronic bore they didn't really use. <laughs> uh, maybe they did not have enough money to keep all three of them through the whole movie, so they just kind of, like, layered it to uh, reduce maybe. shooting times. Maybe. That's plausible, but I, it's it's hard to know. The other thing is, you have to remember this is an Australian movie, and those people are insane, right? When they make movies, like if you, yeah. yeah, we mentioned that documentary uh, when we were picking this movie, uh, not quite Hollywood. Yeah. You look at what was going on in the seventies and eighties in Australian filmmaking, and like literally, they were staging car accidents on active highways without shooting permits <laughs> and things like that. And you're like, okay, well, the people who would do that. Might have just thought this script made sense. Well, and they... Uh, I, I've made this claim before, before. So Italian knockoff movies have those people who turned out to be like random geniuses, right? You know, like Fulci's and uh, Dario Argento and, you know, all those sure. all those random exploitation guys that it turned out if you give them a little bit of money in a camera, they make something amazing even though it might be batshit crazy. And I feel like whatever gene they have, like the Australian populations just got that in spades because, and I've made the the argument a thousand times, Australian movies are good. Like I have 
yet to find a a truly awful Australian movie. And some people will argue bad taste, and I say bullshit because you're wrong. It's like it's a weird movie, and and technically it's New Zealand. I say it's New Zealand. New Zealand yeah. will cut you if you call them Australian. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's that's a little bit off land. But but that area of the world, especially low budget films, they make the best fucking movies. I it just I, I'm astounded by it. I just don't understand it. They make crazy movies, and I think that that naturally appeals to you. Um, but I also think there's just there's just a we don't give a fuck attitude there that shines through in the movies, where they're just they're willing to put people's lives at risk, and you start to appreciate that when you're watching the films. And they do things like spend a quarter of a million dollars on an animatronic boar for a couple of shots. And you're like, well, it looked really cool in that shot. And that shot sticks in your head forever. And you have that factoid of knowledge knowing they spent so much time and effort on that shot. And then, so what if the script didn't really make sense? You know, I, I think it, they appeal to people on the kind of a visceral level because of all that stuff. Yeah. And, and it's not, not the first time I'm going to mention Steven Spielberg in this conversation. But uh, Steven Spielberg actually, after this movie came out, contacted the filmmakers to ask them how they pulled off some of the special effects they did. Uh, Specifically in the dream sequence things where uh, our main characters left out the bush by, by the crazy brothers. Yeah. It's weird. I wonder what like he was calling to get advice for. Like, what would what would this have been around? Um, so would be like eighty five. Is that Jaws? No, Jaws like was like after Jaws. Come on, was that seventy four? Am I am I a decade off? Jesus, yeah, eighty four would have been like ET time. Oh, okay, there we go. Hmm. But because I mean, realistically, this movie is sort of just Jaws with a boar. I mean, I, I was going to say, and speaking of Jaws, so in my list of you know everybody comes up with their best of lists in animal attack movies, Jaws is number one because it's almost impossible not to say Jaws. Razorbacks number two. I fucking I love this movie. Mm. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, and that's fine, and I get why people would. I'm just saying it is for me per- personally. I, I yeah, this you is can, you this can is still my be wrong choice. though. Yeah. You can still be wrong though. That's fine. I, th- I think I'd like to hear a more in-depth explanation as to what it is about this movie that's so good because I, I didn't dislike it or anything, but I'm a little surprised to hear you say like comparing it to Jaws. Well, once again, I'm not comparing it to Jaws. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Jaws, Jaws is a masterpiece. And that is like inarguably accurate. And if somebody says animal attack movie and it's you don't say Jaws is number one, you're a psychopath because there is no other movie that comes remotely close to Jaws. But uh, I don't know. I, I, everything about it. This this movie has everything I like about batshit crazy exploitation movies. Like it's like it defies plot structure in a lot of ways but still ends up telling a compelling story anyway. And actually, in a way, it ends up telling, like, three compelling stories <laughs> over the course of it. Uh, I like the the crazy psychos living in a cave that work in a weird meatpacking plant that is clearly not safe. 
<laughs> and they and they appear to be the only, we can only agree employees. How can you run a giant factory of a meatpacking plant with two guys? That doesn't make any sense. That can't possibly be right. You've got you've got the town of people who are just so laxed about everything. He's like, I need to rent a car, and they're like, that ain't happening. But you can just borrow mine, stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about when movies are in Australia, though, is I never know if they're, like, crazy and insane or if they're, like, documentary-level accurate. Because Australia is, like, the upside down compared to where we are right now. It looks a lot like our our culture, but everything's just really strange and there's monsters everywhere. It's so weird. Yeah. Like every living thing on the island is trying to kill you at one point. Yeah, like, you know. I do think it's weird that they had to make up something. Yeah, like, why? It's, why? it's Australia. Look. Like, that giant animatronic boar probably got eaten by something while they were trying to make this movie. <laughs> it's like, everything there will kill you if you give it a chance. It's And that must affect the way people think about life, right? Oh, it's, it's got to. Plus, they're, uh, it's, it's real spread out, and it's hot. Which, which I think that's the difference. Like, see, Canada, all spread out, but for the most part, you folks are pretty normal, right? But you go to somewhere that's sparse like that, like Alabama in the United States, and all of a sudden things get real weird because it's hot and spread out. And, and I don't know what it is that makes people go from normal people to hills have eyes mutants <laughs> when put into that situation. But, man, it really does. This week on uh, this week tonight with John Oliver, he called Alabama the South of the South. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> if we have any listeners in Alabama, I'm sorry, but I lived right on the border of your state, and I hate Alabama with every fiber, every iota of my being. That entire state is nothing but a hellish cesspool, and. And I could go the rest of my life and never cross that border again. This is the uh, son of Odin from uh, Alabama? No, he's from Kentucky. Kentucky, okay. Makes more sense. <sighs> Alabama, so bad. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so bad. I've only driven through Alabama once, and I didn't have a positive view of it either, but uh, maybe not as strong... That's, that's because banjo's playing the whole. I was going to say that's because you only had to drive through it once. That's that would be my retort. <sighs> if you only got stung by a bee once, you would think, "Man, bee sting, that's not good." If you get stung by a bee thirty-five times, you're like, "Fuck bees." <laughs> Well, we can all agree, fuck bees, but I don't know. I don't know how we keep getting so far off topic. This week. I don't know, but let's get back because once again, it, it, this this is one of those movies that it's hard for me to talk about it because I like everything about it. Like there is nothing about this movie I don't like. I think the acting is good, pretty much on everybody's part, even though some of the parts are real weird, like our weird sewer mutant friends who run the uh, packing plant. That is weird, and they like hunt kangaroos, but I don't feel like it was a kangaroo meatpacking plant. Like, they just hunt kangaroos for fun on the set. Yeah. I, I think most of the uh, the giant boar effects are pretty cool. Uh, 
I think that there is a legitimate sense of dread at several points in the movie. And I mean, it's, it's gross. There's a little bit of boobs in it because it's an exploitation film and you got to squeeze out a nipple somewhere. And you've got a, a cool, angry old man that wants to murder a giant pig. That's it's so fucking cool. <laughs> Just everything, everything about this movie, so awesome. To be fair, though, when he finally gets to go up against the board, it's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing. Because at the end of the day, it's one of those movies that's trying to do the whole. Yeah, there is a monster, but people are still worse than the monster. Sure. I, I mean, that's that's just what they do. And even, know, even the picture. There's a message in this movie, though. I, I think that might just be a coincidence that that happened. But the people are worse than the, the actual monster. See, I don't think so. I think that's pretty. It's pretty obvious that they're trying to push push that that the the two mutant brothers are worse than the boar. Like that's the whole. At, at the end, the boar's an animal. It just wants to eat. They're actually legitimately conniving, evil, gross people. Uh, I even think the, the the moments of the movie that are clearly pure filler are still thoroughly entertaining. The, the guy that's living in the weird house in the middle of nowhere that uh, attempts to net the boar and it ends up ripping the corner of his house off and, and dragging his TV, which impossibly is still on the entire time. <laughs> oh, if that TV had turned off, I would have been annoyed during that scene, though. Yeah, like he really has no reaction other than just like, where the fuck is my TV going? Like he doesn't like get up like, oh shit, my house or nothing. He's just sitting there with his beer in his hand, just like, oh, damn it. Again, it's like it's like Australia, though. I mean, <laughs> that guy's gonna get eaten by something in the next week anyway. So what does he care? He just wants the TV. <laughs> I just I do like the fact that everybody's like that old man's crazy. There's no giant boar. And at least five times throughout the movie, there's damage left clearly from a giant animal going yeah. through a wall, and it's the size of a Volvo. Yeah, when could they it, could it be the thing that he's talking about when they when they want to charge him with like the crime of like murdering his grandkid or whatever? I'm like, how are they explaining away the giant holes in the wall that where the pig came in? Like, I would I'd be very curious to know what their idea of what happened is. Drove drove a car through it, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but the fact that that happens more than once and they're still yeah. like, nah, he's crazy old man. I like the fact that multiple people have run into the boar. And then there's no like question like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, nobody ever comes back and goes, wait, he was right. Yeah. There's there's a couple really good lines throughout the film. The uh, if, if there's no season for boar, why do you kill boars? And the old guy's like, that was my favorite. Something, something about blowing this shit out of a boar just makes me smile or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I liked the idea that he can't find the giant boar, so he just kills little ones for practice. <laughs> talk, talk, people. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I otherwise, it. it's just me gushing. I enjoyed it. I feel like it's definitely like an uh, an '80s movie. Yeah. Um, I had a good time watching it. There was no, I don't really have any really major complaints or anything. But uh, I don't know. I don't seem to love it nearly as much as you do, though. 
I think <laughs> I think the, the best thing about this movie is actually what you said earlier, which is that it defies traditional plot structure, but still manages to tell an interesting story, which is, I think, the uniqueness of this film. Any shortcomings it has as far as, like, lack of characters and the plot that doesn't really make any sense and the fact that it's just, like, the giant board doesn't always have the ability to move. Like, it's all made up for the fact that this movie is just so unique and different from anything else you're going to watch. And in a positive way, not in a terrible way, like the last movie we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do feel like um, we keep saying it's, like, almost like a couple movies, like, thrown together. Um, less so than the last movie we talked about, but it is weird that, like, I don't know, you step... Because the movie... Well, we started with the grandfather, but then we moved to like New York, like a couple years later, and so we moved from like this tiny apartment where the the lead guy and then what we assume is going to be the lead woman are like talking or whatever, and then uh, this sort of cramped apartment and stuff, and then she gets off the plane and it's almost like fucking old west time where it's just like you know dusty like small towns and. Uh, fucking people without teeth and all this stuff. And then after she's gone, then yeah, he shows up and it's like the fucking like Morlocks or something with this, with these guys living in this meat exactly meatpacking plant. <laughs> and yeah, it's just fucking weird. That noise, that noise gets you too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will say there's there's one little throw-off line in the movie that is so completely unnecessary. The part where they find the wedding ring and then he's like explaining to her that apparently the wife was pregnant. Yeah. And that he encouraged her to go on the trip. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't see the need for it. Because the, yeah. only, the only character I feel like is underdeveloped in the entire movie, oddly enough is the the final main character who's the one you probably actually spend the most time with. And I think he just, he's a generic everyman character. Yeah. Yeah, because he only shows up to, like, look for his wife. Like, the, it, there doesn't seem to be any other characteristic than that. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's he's... there as, like, a reporter for animal cruelty, and then, like, the camera guy that's with her, obviously, is working with her on this. I mean, he's at least got that in common with her. And then the old man, like, it's like a revenge story. Yeah. But this this guy's literally just like, oh, I'm here to find out what happened to my wife because she's missing. And that's, like, his only real characteristic. It's, it's weird, too, because he doesn't do any of the things that you would actually do if you're trying to find a missing person. Like, we don't see him interacting with law enforcement, really. We don't see him doing anything rational mm-hmm. at all. He just goes to a small town with no plan. He doesn't even have, like, a hotel booked. He just like walks up to this place, hands his suitcase off to a guy who's willing to lend him a car, and heads off to the cannery or whatever the fuck it is. And you're just like, what? Never takes the guy's car back, by the way. <laughs> no. I don't know. I like I said, it's hard to it's hard to talk about whenever you like everything. But I just I I do find it odd that they didn't like give that guy more personality because I feel like everyone in the movie has a really well defined person. Mm-hmm. Even even to the point of the the guy who lends in the car who's on screen for maybe 
10, 10 seconds in the whole movie. He, you even get a sense of who that guy is. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that lends his car out to strangers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he's over hospitable and, like, doesn't seem to give a shit. He's not really judgmental of outsiders or anything. Like I said, he's got he's got personality. The two creepy brothers have personality. The the lady has personality. Her partner, who just disappears at some point in the movie, where does that guy go? He just, he just, he just quits being there. Like it, he, his heart's done. That's a giant fucking pig. I'm I'm leaving. But that's what I'm saying. But everybody's got this really developed persona, except for the main character. And I just don't, I don't understand how that was a thing. Is that just how Australians see Canadians? Should I be offended? (laughs) Am I upset now? I think you are. Yeah, even to the point that, like, he tries to escape the movie because he has no real defining personality. Where they find her wedding ring, and he's like, "Well." I found what I came looking for, so I guess I'll be heading to the bus stop. And then, like, she has to, like, come back and be like, I need your help. You need to get in the car right now. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess. There's there's, there's something extra horrible in that scene that, that everybody always seems to gloss over. So he finds that wedding ring, uh, and that's great. And and that's proof that the, the pigs ate his, his lady friend, right? Yeah. That also means that shit is his lady friend. He's literally wading through a whole full of digested lady. I don't think it's polite That's... to say that shit is his lady friend. I feel like we pretend that she's just gone now. And that the shit is his own new substance that's been created. I'm just saying, if I was in the pile of lady friendships... I would be I would be extremely upset the moment that I found that ring. I'd be like, oh! <laughs> and I would be. What, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to like scoop the shit up and like bury it? No, I'm just saying I would be splashing out of it and like taking jagged rocks and attempting to scrape the skin off my body to get my girlfriend feces off of me. <laughs> I like that implicit in this whole scenario is that if it wasn't your girlfriend, if that had eaten someone else, you'd be fine with it. I, it makes it more personal, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. Like, I think... But at the I, end of the I, day, I'm looking to get as much pig shit off me at all times as possible. So. I'm just saying, whose who's poo it is matters. If it was my poo, I'd be less freaked out than if it was just random poo. All right, but, so I have a but the fact that that poo is blended up girlfriend... But no, hypothetical scenario, now, you eat your girlfriend, you poo it out, that poo gets on you. How upset are you? Because it's your girlfriend mixed up poo, but it's also your well, own. That's, well, that's, that you're fine with. That's a hard conditional scenario because in that scenario, I'm crazy enough to eat my girlfriend. So so yeah. I'm probably into it. <laughs> I, think, I think we took a survey. Most of us are uh, thinking maybe. I'm not a dangerous person. <laughs> well... <laughs> you know, Brian's not saying anything. He's a little bit close to you. No, no, it's great. I swear. Yeah, I have yet to murder a single person that anybody has any proof of. Oh, well, congratulations to you, a little humble brag. So obviously, Noah's going to recommend this movie. How about you, Duck? Yeah, I, I think this movie was fun to watch. I think it is very non-traditional, and that 
deserves to be uh, complimented. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's like it kept my interest. Everything about it worked. I, I don't love it the way Noah does, but it's good. Uh, I agree. I'm pretty much on the same page. Like, I really enjoyed it. Um, had a good time watching it. Uh, my only big thing is they uh, run over a dog on purpose in this movie. And I have an Australian Shepherd, so that didn't sit well with me. But yeah, so that could have been like your dog's like ancestor. Yeah did did you guys uh, watch the trailer that I posted? No, that, that one specific one. Uh, I I have not watched there, any trailers recently. I uh, I just want to say there there are two trailers for this movie. One trailer not good, and one trailer quite possibly the best movie trailer I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, because it shows you it shows you nothing and kind of like gives you all the big points and gets you really excited to watch this movie. And I just I just thought that that deserved to be pointed out because a well-made trailer is something to be very proud of and the theatrical trailer is amazing. The VHS trailer's crap. Don't watch the VHS crap. Well, it gives you everything. It like the very first scene of the uh, the VHS trailer shows the boar, like the full boar, the actual like close up of the whole thing. You're like, what in the fuck? No, you don't ever go full boar. Yeah, I mean in a trailer, like spoiler, I, spoiler trailer. I don't, think, I don't think seeing the full boar up front is going to hurt your enjoyment of this film. I don't know. I I'm just saying it's not it's not a well done trailer. It doesn't get you going like the other one does. That other trailer is so good. I'll well I no I'm not gonna, I was gonna say I'll go watch that trailer but no I won't that's a lie so take your word for it. <laughs> probably a good trailer. You you don't have to, but I I just didn't know if you guys I posted it in the uh, the group thingy. Yeah, you guys went off on a tangent one day while I was at work doing my job and couldn't respond. And then I got home and was like, you have 8,000 messages. I'm like, no, I'm reading all those. <laughs> so I have no idea what went on that day. Talking about movie recommendations. Yeah. yeah. Trying to set up the show, Doug. Way to participate. <laughs> Brian, Brian, for some reason, is very disappointed with the giant boner I have for Rucker Hour movies. <laughs> I never said that. It's just I was asking for recommendations for upcoming episodes, and it's like, here's a movie with Rucker Hauer. Here's a movie with Rucker Hauer. And I was like, Jesus Christ. You and your Rucker Hauer obsession. It was two, it was two Rucker Hauer movies. That's it. <sighs> and one had Ray Liotta in it. That balances <laughs> it out. Ray Liotta is anti-Hauer. <laughs> he is this evil doppelganger from another dimension. Here I was worried things were going to get ridiculous again. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Thanks for calling. So we actually have a piece of uh, listener mail, which is shocking. Because, is this uh, first one? uh, yes, I want to say so. 
I'm gonna say first official one that came to like the actual email address, which is weird. Um, so anybody from the DZ days will know that uh, Terra Ho Kent is here, and he says hello, Brian, Noah, and Doug. So there I was in the podcast abyss without regular episodes of Drunken Zombie or Horror, etc. When I see a new Halloween edition of Horror, etc., and Ted and Tony casually mentioned that this podcast exists. How did I not know? Which I don't know, because I post episodes in the Drunken Zombie group, and I'm friends with Kent, so he should know better. Well, I post in the, the episodes to the Horror, etc. group as well. Yeah. So. Kent really should know. Anyway, I immediately checked out the show and listened to a few choice episodes before giving Getting up to date, I enjoy the structure of the show with a pair of movies related to a similar theme. Uh, it isn't overwhelming and has the potential to be a long lifespan. I also enjoy the drive-in theme. My fiance, my fiance and I went to the drive-in back in October to see the 4K remaster of Suspiria and Deep Red. Mm-hmm. We left before Bird with the, cluster, with the crystal plumage, though, because we needed sleep. Keep up the good work. And he says, although I'm living in Indianapolis now, I am always Terre Haute Kent. Nice. So I enjoy the drive-in theme of this as well, obviously, um, which is kind of the whole one of the whole things that I was super excited about when we decided to change formats. Yeah, I, I like that we're not um, as stuck on horror as we were before, even though we used to drift quite a bit, so... Yeah, try to open up a little bit, find other weird, culty, fun stuff to do. I'm just uh, happy not to be all alone and lonely. <laughs> uh, Noah's finally back into podcasting. He was off for a while because you know you get engaged, then become unengaged. Stuff yeah, happens. Yeah, throws throws a real monkey monkey wrench in there, you know. I like how you're just rubbing in his life suffering. It throws a full-grown living monkey into a weird two-bladed fan thing at the end of a conveyor belt that can chew up a rhinoceros-sized boar. Uh, uh, yeah, they... Uh, no, because Noah was like pretty actively like podcasting for a while. And then all of a sudden, they stopped. And I'm like, what the hell? And then Noah's like, hey, I'm going to be at your house for this event because guess what? I'm not engaged anymore. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So good times. Things. Uh, so thanks, Terra Ho Kent. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, we appreciate uh, it. And remember, you can always email us at uh, themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. You can be cool like Kent. Can people like Twitter at us? however that works. I'm old and I don't understand modern technology. Uh, they can. I don't really do a whole lot with it, but it's uh, MND pod. Or MND direct. Goddamn, what even is it? I'm the one that set it up, but I don't even know because that's how infrequent I use it. I feel like it's in the <laughs> or, or you could just hashtag Noah first Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, oh, there it is. Um, Hashtag fuck you, it's great. <laughs> uh, MN Drive In Pod on Twitter because someone took Midnight Drive In and then didn't do anything with it for like 
five years. Sons of bitches. Yeah. So, um, what else has anybody watched this week? Oh, awesome. <laughs> I, I, I went and saw uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, which I did as well. Uh, I, I'm going to avoid saying anything about the movie just because spoilers, because that's real. Yes. real. I, I have my tickets already bought, so do not say anything. Uh, real fresh like. Uh, the only thing, I'll just say a couple things. There's a really good Easter egg in there, although I would rather have the real thing than an Easter egg. Uh, they took two very disparate comic book stories and chopped them up into little bits and rearranged them and put them into one movie, <laughs> which that was odd. But all in all, I really liked it. I had a good time. Uh, I was a big fan of it as well. Um, I had a uh, good time watching it. Um, everybody I was with really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, I went and saw it with Dave, and every time you go to a superhero movie, Dave is always entertaining, because during the movie, if you're sitting next to him, you get lots of, like, oh my gosh, like like him leaning forward in his seat, like, oh, did I just see that little thing that me and, like, five other people in this theater will even know what that means? Right. I, I even know what that thing is. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, I mean, it's just lots of fun. It uh, seems like they took the more of like the guardians of the galaxy approach, which is let's just kind of go crazy and have fun with it rather than because I mean, like the first one, Kenneth Braun, I was trying to do like a more like Shakespearean, you know, grounded yeah, yeah type story. And then the second one was definitely more mystical. And this one, uh, they're just like, fuck it. Thor space adventure. Let's do it. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's probably like the best way to do Thor. <laughs> so I had a great time watching it. Definite recommend for me. Uh, there is two Easter or two little bumpers at the end. So um, make sure you wait till after the credits. I, I don't know how I go to a Marvel movie and see like half the theater get up at the end and just leave. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Do you, do you have an overwhelming urge to stand up and scream at them? <laughs> like it's because, not over. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do. Well, I always tell people too, like most of the time the theater knows and they don't turn the lights on until all the credits, post credit sequence are done. Yeah. So wait for the lights. It's not safe well, to leave the theater with the lights off anyway. My theater turned the lights up as soon as the credits started, which I was oh. like, theater, come on. That's no good. No yeah. no. I'm going to see it again tomorrow in IMAX. Nice. Um, I may go see it sometime this weekend again, thanks to Movie Pass. So. Movie Pass. Wish I had a Movie Pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I watched all of Stranger Things season two. I have two episodes left. I have seen it all. All, all in all, solid, solid second season. Uh, oh. I think, I think it lost. A little bit of the creepiness in favor of more high, slightly higher budgety actiony stuff, but that's my only complaint. Yeah, it's very much an '80s sequel, where it's just like take the same thing we did last time, but make it bigger and louder and more of everything. 
and it's you know it's very much aliens versus if the first one was alien kind of thing. yeah um, that's, that's I, how I've figured that's how I've sort of looked at it too uh, there's some really direct aliens references coming your way if you've got two episodes left so you'll see them um, but it's I think I preferred this season to the first season I think I, I liked the way it was handled I liked the world like the the world now that it's established I mean they spend about the first half hour of the first episode putting you back in it and I was just sure I'm back in this world now and I don't need all that setting up I can just enjoy living in this world which was more fun um yeah I liked all the new characters I liked the way the old characters had developed which is key because this plot wise Stranger Things isn't really about what's happening it's about the people that it's happening to and you have to kind of enjoy these kids and I thought they were all really good I really liked Sean Astin I thought he was hilarious uh, which so, is he the one that plays Bob oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. come on no my brain my brain my brain just got yeah. scrambled for a second yeah, I'm with you. I thought he yeah, I thought he was fantastic in it he's just hilarious he plays just oafish, goofy guy. And I just thought he was great at that. And it's really different from everything else I've ever seen him in. He's uh, turns out he's like a really good actor. And uh, he can do lots of different things, which is cool. I also really liked, like, they took some of the characters and just gave them expanded roles. Like, uh, was his name Steve, the guy with the giant flock of seagulls hair. Like, he was sort of a background character last season, and all of a sudden he's like at the forefront and joining up with our group of heroes. And it's... I I, I will say toward toward the end there is a uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this in a non spoilery way there is a nerd in a high pressure or social situation scene yeah that literally destroyed me it's just really hard to watch yeah like like I don't I don't cry a lot during movies at that destroyed me because like that was so close to home that I was like oh god it's because <laughs> it's because you care about these kids legitimately yeah. when you're watching it because you feel like yeah this is like me and my buddies back in the day like this is what we behaved like to a certain extent you know obviously it's exaggerated for television and stuff but it's you all these kids are very likable and you really like you're happy for the ones that get a happy ending and when the awkward things when a kid is put in an awkward situation you really genuinely feel bad for them which is fascinating i'll tell you what with with how hard it is to get good quality child actors how fucking lucky are these people they did such a good job and it's like most of these kids i don't think have done much else and it's like i started watching a bit of that like there's like an after show that showed up on netflix this time around and I started watching it. It's not very good, in my opinion. But I'm like, wait a minute. The girl that plays Eleven is British? Yeah. How did they find a kid that can do an accent that well? Like, Right. Because she's amazing. And I think she's going to be, like, the breakout star of the show. So, yeah. As much as, like, Finn Wolfhard is right now. Because he was in It. And it's, like, you know, supposedly the highest grossing horror movie of all time. Not, not, adju- not adjusted for inflation. Um, I think he's going to do a lot of cool things, but I think she's going to go on to be like a humongous. I think she has star. a lot of potential. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I watched, I've seen her on the tonight show a lot. Like she was just on last week promoting oh, yeah. this. And I mean, 
she's got such like great personality and charisma and stuff. And apparently loves rap music, so she rapped a recap of season one of Stranger oh, really? Things. Yeah. yeah. Nice. You know, with you know, with the roots playing alongside of her, you know. Everyday life. She'll never have a childhood. <laughs> no. That's, that's gone now. That's what what I, just guys... hope, I just hope all four, like all five of those kids aren't like uh, robbing convenience stores in like 15 years. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't want to say anything that would have been a minor spoiler for Brian. I don't want to do that. But yeah, I, yeah. I, it's good to say so, so there's something awkward that happens a bit in the final episode and in the, around the same scene that Noah was referencing earlier when you realize like that these are just kids You're like oh they had to they had to do that on camera eh? mm. all right <laughs> yeah interesting so what 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 is your guys' thoughts on like punk 11 though because i really enjoyed that <laughs> element of just having her run off on her own <laughs> and come back all punked up i thought these thing <laughs> well see i haven't seen her come back yet the last one i did watch oh. was the chicago episode but but she was still so but you've still seen her yeah I've seen her. I didn't know if she's going to continue that or not, but I'm excited. You, but you, I, I didn't happens. spoil anything. You knew she was coming. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, well, of course, she's on the bus back home. Yeah. Okay. I I thought it was really weird that they introduced uh, those specific characters so early on, and mm-hmm. then did basically nothing with them. Yeah. I think it it really feels to me like they're going okay these kids are going to grow up what are we going to do next and oh wait if eight is out there seeking revenge we can use that that can be a whole season of its own and if that works well then we have one through seven to look into and maybe we can figure out whether we can set a show in the 70s or whatever right so i think that's where they're going with that yeah yeah i don't know um i know the duffer brothers have said they have at least through episode through season four planned out yeah. So, and I, yeah. I trust those guys. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah. When it comes to making this. There's a moment early on, and it's like everybody's seen the, the picture of the four kids in the Ghostbusters costume. Yeah. And so they get into the debate over who gets to be Venkman and who has to be Winston. Yeah. And I just think like these are guys that know what they're doing because they know that if they made the black kid Winston there'd be like a bunch mm-hmm. of uproar on the internet about how it's racist. But they also know that if they made, didn't make the black kid Winston, there'd be a bunch of different uproar on the internet about how they're just trying to avoid that previous uproar. So yeah. what do they do? They just write in a scene where they address yeah. it right in there. They make it seem real. They make it seem natural. And they eliminate all that stupid controversy that would have been distracting. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, perfect. Like I, I, That is amazing what they pulled off with that. And it's a dumb scene that doesn't really mean anything in the long run, no. but it really helps us establish the relationship between these characters and it leads mm-hmm. to some funny moments where they're the only ones in costumes in the whole school and all that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> it's but it just it just shows how much they understand what they're doing. I did like the line of is there some kind of a committee that decides this stuff? <laughs> But what I yeah. love is, like, in the trailer, you see them in the costumes, and the one kid's, like, looking over his shoulder. I think it's Dustin who's, like, looking over his shoulder in horror, and you're like, what's he looking for? And then it's just, in the actual moment, it's just him looking at the bus full of kids with no costumes on. He's like, guys, guys, <laughs> like, they're arguing. And he's like, no, that's not important. You need to turn around and focus right now. <laughs> Nobody else has costumes on. Because there's even that awesome moment where one of them is like, did you bring any other clothes? Because you'd think like they would have other something else there, and it's like, nope. <laughs> I just love the '80s montage too of 
them at home in their Ghostbusters costumes yeah. and their moms like taking pictures. And like <sighs> some of them are like really into it, like uh <laughs> and stuff. And like uh Lucas's mom Lucas's mom's all into it, and he's into it, and his sister keeps calling him a nerd. <laughs> I love that little sister, man. <laughs> she was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like she served no purpose other than to just piss off all the other characters, but that's what little sisters are for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's called shit. code. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this bad season was just executed like to perfection. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, it was good. Like, like I said, I. I... The, my only complaint is I feel like they traded menace for action, which I yeah. I never approve of in yeah. general. And but I, I'm like I'm the I'm that. the guy that complains when you watch Alien and Aliens back to back that Aliens does the same thing, but in for some reason I think in a TV show it works better for me. So it's yeah. Just yeah. and it may have so. may have even been more uh, intentional too, like because I, oh, I think there's a direct is, yeah. direct homage to Aliens in this when they're in the the. Uh, the dump or whatever the fuck it is with the school bus yes, and, uh, and all those monsters are showing up. But I mean, that's completely just like, Oh uh, yeah, this is definitely like the aliens moment for this, for this show. Wait, wait, it's coming. Your aliens moment is actually coming. There's a, there's a more aliens moment than that, I think. Oh, nice. And then, obvious references to stand by me in this. Obvious references to Jaws and this. There's like all these cool moments in it if you're looking for it. It'd be fun to go back and rewatch this for more. Some of those are like plot, and some of those are just the way things are shot or the, the visuals and all that. So nice. Yeah, unfortunately, I have a wife who uh, has been working like crazy this past week and a half. So I only get the chance to watch it when I can. Because we got to watch it together, otherwise... I understand. Yeah. Uh, so, then after that, I watched the first season of Mindhunters, which is a fictionalized drama about the story of the FBI coming up with, basically, serial killer profiling in the sci- and all the science and stuff behind it. It's- yeah. It's good to an extent. Uh, by the end of the first season, one of my biggest complaints is that the main character becomes completely like unlikable. It almost it, insufferable, which is a really bad idea in a TV show. Yeah, it, it, because you need to like want to watch more, and it's one of those things that I keep being like, I wish this dude would get off the fucking screen. <laughs> like, <laughs> but. What's I would say the almost the individual reason to watch it, even if you don't like everything else, the actor who plays Bill Kemper, the uh, the what was he called, the campus strangler or whatever, that he's basically the first guy they started interviewing. That actor does one of the most amazing, terrifying portrayals of a sociopath that I've ever seen on film. Because he does that whole the whole Ted Bundy ass thing where he's extremely likable, and it almost like lulls you into a sense of security. And then, of course, he'll say something terrible about cutting off someone's head and having sex with their neck hole, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, 
He's a, he's a murderer. That's right. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous murderer. Yeah, that's on my to-watch list as well. We were trying to finish Ozark before we could watch it. And we still got a couple episodes of that left, too. But then Stranger Things came out, and I'm like, well, this is obviously takes precedence over everything. So That it does. That's what I had to do, too. Yeah. Uh, then other than that, I've really I've only been watching superhero movies in uh, preparation to go see Thor, so I don't need to go through the giant list of superhero movies that I've managed to cram down my my film gullet. Did you do the entire Marvel catalog? No, that's that's a lot. Like that would be hard to do at this point. Yeah, I did it when I forgot what was coming out one of the movies was coming out and i did it and it was like holy shit that's a lot of movies in a row <laughs> like it really eats up your life yeah i basically did guardians one and two uh both thors uh captain america two on both avengers movies <laughs> Jesus and, and then that's it just that <laughs> just that it was, I'm, I'm unemployed. I got time. That's true. I like, I dual screen. I have my applications up on one side of the computer screen and I've got a movie playing on the other side. <laughs> that's yeah. the way it's been my days. Unemployed without children. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> uh, what about you, Doug? Have you been watching anything? Uh, I saw a couple of things besides Stranger Things 2, obviously. Um, I, I did go see Happy Death Day. She oh, yeah. talked about last week. Yeah. I liked it quite a bit. Um, I hate to say this, but I think I agree with Noah. I wish it was a <laughs> rated R movie. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Sure. I, overall, I had a lot of fun with it, and I thought it, it for what it is, it was a it was a very fun watch, and I thought like there's like a little twist at the end that isn't really a twist and it's the kind of thing I've complained about in Blumhouse films in the past where it's but they kind of because of the style of movie it is it works really well in this one it's kind of a fun little change so yeah good um, and other than that I just finished about four minutes before we started recording movie 1922 on Netflix oh that was on my list oh yeah, yeah. so Thomas Jane in a Stephen King story about a farmer who kills his wife and life takes a downward spiral immediately following that. I liked it quite I liked it a lot. I thought it was really a, a good watch. What did you think? Um I really enjoyed it too. I thought it was really good. Um the crazy thing is if you just show this to somebody without any credits and then after it's over tell them, So how did you like Thomas Jane? And they'll be like, Thomas Jane was in this movie? He's really he, good uh, in this movie. He is great. And his performance is so just off kilter of what you would expect from Thomas Jane that I feel like it's people don't even realize it's him for sometimes. Well, he does that like thick Southern drawl too, that he adds in and it's like, that's a bold choice to do that accent the entire time. And he really pulls it off. I mean, it could have, it could have been terrible if he was even just a little bit off on that voice. He would have been terrible. But it was. Uh, it wasn't yeah, and he just... has this weird way of speaking. Like he doesn't like open his teeth when he talks. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. It's a very sort of uh, 
low, like deep tone to it, and then it's got that southern draw to it. Yeah, he he he's awesome. Yeah, and I thought the character he created, and I guess it's him working with obviously the material, but yeah, like he's sort of like he comes across as this like dumb hick farmer, but then mm-hmm. every evening when they clip to him, he's always got his glasses on, reading a book in the chair, and when he goes into the bank, he's clearly able to speak intelligently with with the bank guy and understand that the bank guy's trying to take advantage of him and stuff. Yeah. I thought that that was very interesting because it was that contradiction. We, we sort of have an idea of what a hick farmer is in our head and they saying, Oh, this guy's deeper than that. And yeah. even though he does this horrible thing at the beginning, he still maintains an interesting character throughout the, the whole mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. I feel like it helps his rationale. Like he's not stupid. So his rationale somewhat makes sense to him at least obviously we're like that's not the way to handle that (laughs) but to him like he's like no i've thought this out these are all the options we have this is how all of this is going to play out if we as long as we go this way so he's really smart but yeah he still has that weird uh dumb hick sort of look and sound to him even though he doesn't yeah. necessarily act that way well, I, th- I think it really helped the film too because when he basically gets away with the murder early in the movie which is not a spoiler it's the plot um, yeah. as he's getting away with it he does a lot of really clever things to cover his own tracks and it's like well, why can he think to do that and it's like oh because he's like a really smart guy that's why he can think to do that and it's just we haven't established the character yet at that point so you're just thinking he's this moron who just because it is kind of a whole thing where he just wants to stay on the farm and his wife's like well we could be rich and not live on a farm and he's like no i'll be on the farm and that's just the life he's chosen it's not really because he doesn't it's not because he doesn't understand other things it's because that's what he wants to do um Mm -hmm. but we don't know all that until you piece it together later by learning about the character the film yeah I, t- I totally planned on watching that movie yesterday, mm-hmm. and then I watched Guardians of the Galaxy 1, and I was like, I only have time for one more movie. And I gotta watch two. <laughs> this has gotta be Guardians 2. Yeah, I gotta watch two. Well, Yondu. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not unreasonable. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard when you watch a movie, and then all of a sudden you get stuck watching the sequels. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is a high recommend, though. I would definitely watch it, I think. Um, you just have to understand it's not like a um, full-on like horror movie. Yeah, it's, it's, from, more... it's from Seasons, right? Uh, no, it's from uh, Full Dark, No Stars. Okay. Um, it, it's I would call it much more of a dread movie. Yeah. Like, there's just this over sort of overcast of dread throughout the entire movie that I just plays like perfectly. I think they did an awesome job with it. Yeah. I think it's it's really hard to pull that off without it getting boring, but I think this film is yeah. very successful at doing that. Yeah. They keep things moving along. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the performance from Thomas Jane is amazing. I thought uh, the lady that played his wife was really good as well. Yeah, so we, get, we get like flashbacks and stuff of her, and I think she does a really good job. Yeah, I knew um, her from the just-canceled uh, House of Cards. Okay. And then the only problem I would say I had with the whole thing is Neil McDonough plays like the neighbor. Uh, yeah. And I thought like, that guy's a pretty good actor. I've seen him in lots of stuff. He's yeah. not good. He's not good in this. Uh, uh, I feel like he's miscast. 
even because he, he's like the rich farmer that lives down the lane or whatever. And I just don't see him as a farmer. Like if yeah, he would have been like the guy at the bank that had like a more prominent role. Maybe. I could be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, but he's just, just not, yeah, not farmer I mean, material. The other thing is he has, he speaks, he feels like he's speaking in 2017. Whereas Thomas Jane feels like he's speaking in a 1922 accent. Yeah. yeah and, uh, I, I just, it really stood out to me. I know he was supposed to be like the rich douchey guy. He's got the indoor plumbing that he's very proud of. Um, but it's, it just didn't work for me. And it pulled me out of the film a bit every time because he has a recognizable face and he's also not doing a good job. So, Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah, so so far, I mean, it's on my my to watch list just because so far Netflix is kind of knocking it out of the park left and right with these adaptations. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only one that I feel like wasn't fairly amazing so far was uh, Death Note. It, I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people think it is. It's just not. I didn't think it was amazing either. Yeah, I think Netflix sees the writing on the wall that they're not going to have access to other people's material for that much longer. Yeah. And they need to establish themselves as a self-reliant uh, like channel. And I think they're pulling it off right now. I mean, everything they do is like good to great. And I mean, I know they do a lot of stuff that I don't watch because it doesn't appeal to me. So I'm just assuming if it's at this quality level that it's appealing to a different audience. It it drives me nuts that somehow in in the age of digital media, we are heading right back to like fucking cable. Like, like it's, it's, they're all segregating. And then soon you're going to have to buy packages where you get three or four different internet providers together to get your, all your shows you want to watch. And then you're back to paying a hundred fucking dollars a month. Yep. It's really frustrating. They, they cannot get their head around the notion that in order to make money using media, get your stuff out to the widest audience possible at a price people are willing to pay. That's too complicated for them. They all have to kind of fight for power and struggle, and it ends up pissing me off. Yeah. Fuckers. I mean, I no longer, I no longer have cable, and I no longer have Hulu, so my TV show watching is pretty much done unless it happens to go to Netflix. I'm, I'm a lot the same way, actually. And, and the messed up thing is I'm pretty okay with that because I can give up most of those shows. Like, I love The Flash. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I haven't seen season three and my heart isn't breaking that I haven't seen it. <laughs> Well, there's so much out there uh, now to watch that if you miss something, you just watch something else. Well, you're missing out because Danny Trejo was on the last episode, but yeah, see, the no, and that sounds awesome. Like I said, I love, I love that show. It's just money, money wise, and dealing with uh, cable bullshit has has driven me away. I'm done, and with the digital antenna, I don't get the necessary channels to watch those shows. So. See, and we're the opposite because, um, I don't know, we watch a shit ton of TV and we have Comcast and Amanda got really 
pissed one day about something not related to cable and decided that was a good day to call and complain about how high our cable bill was. So they uh, gave us like all the premium channels for like a super reduced rate. So now we have even more TV to watch. My so so far my issue is uh, even even the re- the like the cheapest cheap that they can offer you mm-hmm. is is fucking robbery. Oh like, sure. Like if they gave me every extended channel and every uh, premium channel minus sports packages because I understand that those people are stupid and an entire different breed of people that pay $100 a month to watch the fucking football game that's not on the local TV, which is crazy. But if they did all of that and charged me $75 a month for it, that's too much money. Yeah, It's fucking TV. It's not like... Like, fuck them. Fuck them in their faces. I get it. Trust me, I'm kind of looking forward to YouTube TV finally coming around here. Because then that's $35 a month for um, mostly channels that I would watch and then unlimited DVR. Um, Because some of the services that are already out like don't have a DVR service and I do not watch live television at all anymore. So, like, I need a good DVR service. And so I'm hoping the YouTube thing gets around here soon so I can at least try it out and see if it's worth completely getting rid of Comcast for, which I would be fine with because Comcast is the devil. So. Oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> I, I gave up it. Like, how horrible are they? They're the worst, <laughs> the worst company. And yet yeah. they have you by the balls on stuff. Pretty much. Um, all right. So, did you watch anything else, Doug? Uh, let's see here. Uh, the only other thing I had mentioned that I, a while back, that I started rewatching the Friday the 13th. And so I got five and six into me this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not changed since they came out in the 80s. They're still the same movies that have been talked <laughs> about a million times. So, I won't waste people's time. Um, yeah, five's garbage, six is funny, but for some reason it's a comedy instead of a horror film. Yeah. I was going to say, six Six is always the interesting one to hear people's opinion, because some people think that it's, like, the best one, which I think that that is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. But it's definitely not in the bottom rung. No, I, I think it's good. It's just very different from anything that came before it, and therefore I think it kind of stands yeah. out. Uh, there's a lot in it that I like. The kills are almost all good. I think the kind of final confrontation with Jason putting him back in the lake is a nice idea, and it's fun to watch. I think it. I like uh, the guy that plays Tommy Jarvis. He's good. Uh, well, Tom Matthews. Yeah, he's he's good. I mean, there is a lot of just '80s cheese in this movie that is some of it's intentional and some of it's not. Um, yeah, yeah, and Tom McLaughlin's like up front that he was setting out to make more of like a comedic version of it. Yeah, so I count that as a success because he totally got what he was aiming for. Yeah, and Something. like you said, I think works for the most part. I mean, some of the some of the cheesy jokes that don't land and stuff, but like yeah. you said, the kills are pretty cool, and the idea of putting him back in the lake and stuff is cool and stuff like that. And it's the only one where it's at a fucking camp and there's actual children there yeah and I like I, the stuff with the kids I really like 
Yeah. There's like a moment where Jason goes into like one of the cottages and he's looking down and he sees a little girl and he chooses not to kill her because she's not his target. Um, I think that's really good. There's like some moments where the kids are running around scared. I think they do a pretty good job with it. There is a little bit of humor in there that doesn't hold up that I used to think was funny when <laughs> I was the age of those kids that I don't find funny now. But, you know, and the same thing, like there's a moment where Jason finds a group of people playing like paintball in the woods and he just takes them all out because they're there. And it's like, okay, some of that's okay, but some of it's just over the top jokes that don't hold up to to the test of time, I guess. But hmm. I, I I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I've I've got my negative things about it, but I like Manhattan, so my opinion on, on uh, uh, <laughs> your opinion holds right, no way is, is, whatsoever. Is, is, is Jason on a boat. Yeah, Jason Jason yeah. Jason on a boat with two good scenes of him walking down a street. <laughs> but uh, let's, go, let's go with two scenes of him walking down the street because there is like that is maybe the worst joke in this series is when the guy's like he knocks over their card table or something and they start calling him out so he just shows him his face and they all run away <laughs> like, that's, that does yeah, not belong in a Friday the 13th it doesn't but damn it it's so good at the same time that's that's the whole thing like, I, think you're, I think you're missing my point actually <laughs> it's not no, good at all no, no that's that's the thing though it's not good for a Friday the 13th movie but it's it's a great horror movie thing does does that make sense like that I guess. If, if, if it wasn't Friday the 13th nobody would bat an eye at that if you're saying if it was a maniac cop movie and that joke was in it, it would be it would be a whole lot better than a Friday Thirteenth yeah. movie. Yeah. Okay, I can yeah, agree yeah, with that. exactly. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. The, you almost have to like segregate some of the Friday the Thirteenth movies to like <laughs> enjoy them at all. Yeah, like, five five's hot garbage. But if you segregate it and go, okay, it's not Friday the Thirteenth; it's a Friday the Thirteenth ripoff movie. <laughs> Then five. you're like, then you're yeah. like, okay, now it's all right. <laughs> five is hot garbage, but it yeah. does have that one chick uh, uh, doing the robot, which is awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, what's his face from Return of the Living Dead? Like, oh, damn enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> five nice. has its moments, but it's not a good movie. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm saying that no, if yeah. you do, if you divorce it from the series, it becomes a tolerable. movie. It just becomes like your average bad I can see that, 80s yeah. horror movie instead of being a reviled induction <laughs> into a fairly beloved series, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know if five or eight, I don't know which one I think is worse. They're no, that is it, it, in general the opinions that eight's worse. I personally think that five's worse. The thing I can't get my head around in eight is so there's the the one couple takes their little small boat and sneaks away from big boat right and so that's how jason ends up getting over there but a we know from like part four that the family would jog in circles around the lake so it really doesn't make sense that that lake is connected to the ocean (laughs) and b okay so that they accidentally revive revive jason because i think i forget what happens like yeah the anchor gets caught on the electric cable the anchor gets caught on the electric cable they happen to have a jason mask on the boat for some reason that he can put back on. So, okay, so I, I can run with all that. It's stupid, but I can go with it. But Jason has to drive that boat from Crystal Lake out the made-up stream that wasn't there in the previous movies 
to the ocean liner. And like, it, there must be a GPS on it or something. Cause he goes and he finds those kids classmates. That doesn't make any sense. And that's a real <laughs> problem for me. And I can't get my head around the concept of like Jason, like standing on the top, driving that boat with one hand, hold the beer in the other one. Like it's not appropriate <laughs> for him to be driving a boat. It shouldn't be happening. And there's no other explanation for how he gets out there. Yeah. Once again, it's all in, inappropriate for Friday the 13th. But if, if you mentally divorce it, it becomes it's just a really cheesy 80s horror movie and it's perfectly fine. Like, that's... Can we just get Jason versus Chud and have that be the New York movie? <laughs> Actually, I've always wanted Chud versus Humanoids from the Deep. <laughs> sure. If they would just start uh, doing all the versus movies that we keep demanding, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Speaking of things that we are demanding, though, I have a real sidebar for you. I got thinking the day when I was supposed to be working about the whole Kevin McAllister versus the Gremlins thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so here's the full pitch. (laughs) So what you have to have is you have to have like, there's a, a, the opening scene is like these people are breaking into a house, right? And Kevin McAllister shows up, takes him out. So we follow him now back to like his van that he lives in because he's now as the grown up Kevin McAllister, he's gone full vigilante and this is like his life's mission. He just travels around finding like serial burglars and taking them out with like weird and unique traps. So we establish that he's like, he's like broken inside from these experiences as a kid. And he's just trying to figure out like, he's still probably upset about the time he met Trump and he's trying, he's trying to figure out like how, how to get his life back. And then he finds out about the gremlins are attacking the small town. And like, this is his opportunity to be the hero. We ever always wanted to be right. So now he's coming in specifically to take them out. And that's why he's got all these traps and stuff prepared for them because he knows they're coming. And it's kind of like a collision course of these two, forces so there's your there's your full pitch i hope someone's listening and they make that movie is it is it weird that my original thought was it's that uh oh man what are, what are their names what are the thieves names the wet, wet bandits? bandits yeah the wet bandits i can't remember what the two characters name marv and joe and, pesci yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But so but but they break into the old uh the old man's curio shop and, and, <laughs> and, and the water. yeah and flood the basement where Gizmo's being held. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily contradict my plan though, because Kevin could still be hunting them and that's what he finds out about. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Just because I don't I don't know why, but like whenever I came up with that thought I was like, that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like That's amazing. <laughs> what a great idea. No, we gotta stuff up the sink with the wet bandits. We're going back. We're back to the wet bandits. Got your built in Chud crossover because Daniel Stern was in this and he was in Chud, right? Yeah. So they're, they're the same character. I assume they are. <laughs> just just like Kevin McAllister's dad was in Chen too. <laughs> right. It's all coming together, our cinematic universe. <laughs> Not to mention the old guy from Home Alone was the guy in uh what what movie was he in that we just talked about like two weeks ago? Oh fuck. With Ezra, oh what with Ezra Cobb. He, so oh, that, yeah, yeah. So that brings all, all of all of the deranged stuff took 
place in this universe which helps explain the fucked up world that exists where people just forget their kids behind <laughs> when they go on vacation like routinely it's it's already been established that in uh, Chud, New York City, that John Goodman is in fact a police officer. So you have an excuse to put John Goodman in the film for Star Power to bring people to the theater. Never need an excuse to put John Goodman in. And that's why he locks himself in his bunker in Cloverfield just to yeah, get away from the gremlins. Beautiful. All right. I'm liking how the cinematic universe is shaping up. <laughs> you guys own the rights to all these movies, right? So we can just go yeah. ahead with this? Or... Yeah, we can just move ahead. It's fine. I feel like we at least need to make a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I offer you as much emotional support as you need. <laughs> to <get the> trailer <laughs> I bet you could almost do a fan edit trailer. Probably. Just by stringing things together. <laughs> Uh, that is a lot of work, though. Um, so, besides thinking of Home Alone versus Gremlin movies, did you watch anything else, Doug? No, that took up a lot of my time. So, okay. I was... <laughs> really, it's fair enough. That's probably a better use of your time. It's been it's become all consuming for all parties involved. <laughs> <sighs> what was not a good use of my time is I went and saw Jigsaw. Oh. Uh, so I was a pretty big fan of the Saw series up until like the fourth one. And that's when they started going, hey, guess what? Besides Amanda, there was this other guy that was working with Jigsaw. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's fucking stupid. So I jumped off at that point. And then uh, they're bringing a, you know, bringing a, started doing a new movie, bringing it back, kind of a soft reboot. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe this will be, maybe I can go see this and not be annoyed. Since it's sort of a soft reboot, maybe all that obnoxious, like, complex continuity won't be a problem. Even more Um, complex? uh, I'll get there. (laughs) Uh, So, for, like, the first two-thirds of the movie, I was totally in. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, none of that complex backstory nonsense. Like, it literally is just, like, people... Um, are trapped, have to play these games to get through. Slowly, one by one, they end up getting picked off. Um, shows the cops trying to figure out who these people are because apparently, like, Jigsaw is like dumping their bodies somewhere. And so I'm like, oh, sweet. And then, um, I don't know. I- I'm going to spoil it because I don't recommend anybody watch this movie. But, uh, so there's a reveal that Tobin Bell is playing Jigsaw. And I'm like, holy shit, like how how does this even make sense? Like I'm twin totally brother. no twin brother. But that I'm would, like that would be great. It would be great. I, I would probably actually be on board if that if that actually happened. Um so I'm kind of sitting there like, okay, this is cool. I wonder if they're even gonna try to explain how he died in the third movie, but he's back. But you know, so I'm with it. They're kind of explaining stuff. Um, and then, uh, then, uh, it completely like with like a third of the movie left. So about the last half hour completely fell back into its old habits. And I was so angry when I left the theater. Um, so we find out that the entire movie that we've been watching is actually a prequel to the first movie. 
And that while that's been going on, all the stuff with the cops and the medical examiner is happening present day, but they're editing it together so it looks like it's all happening at the same time. Um, And then it turns out the medical examiner was the very first apprentice to Jigsaw and has staged a recreation of Jigsaw's first game to uh, throw off the police or whatever. Uh, it was the most ridiculous bullshit ever, and I got so angry. And I'm just like, this is so fucking stupid. You had, you had a chance to write the ship, and you just went back to the exact same formula you did with the last, like, at least the last like six movies in the Saw franchise. And they even hint that he was the one who created the reverse bear trap thing that what's her face has, Shawnee Smith has on her head in the first one. Yeah, so that's not appropriate. It, yeah, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. I was so mad, so mad when I left the theater. I was like, "You had me for two thirds of the movie, and then you threw that dumb bullshit in." That oh, by the way, there was yet another apprentice. This one predates all of them. I'm like, "That's fucking." And the stupid. next movie, Cult of Jigsaw. <laughs> <sighs> The thing with so like, mad. the thing with the, the Saw series is that first movie was so good and so affected, yeah. And, and it was just it was limited, and that was one of the things that made it so good is how small it felt. Despite and you got caught up in these characters and everything, and then to just keep adding on to the mythology every time like that is just yeah. I don't know. Like I tapped out. I think I saw four. I definitely saw one, two, and three, and I enjoyed all of them. Yeah. And then I saw four, and was like, "That's too much for me." And then they're like, yep. "We're going to keep going for a while here." And I'm like, "No, I'm not." So, <laughs> it's- I, have, I have a copy of six in my possession. I borrowed it off somebody, and then when I tried to give it back without watching it, they wouldn't take it. <laughs> so I've had it for like years. <laughs> I, I actually have multiple times, and they won't take it back. So I guess one day I'll watch it. I actually have the complete collection because you could get the original seven movies on Blu-ray in like one little pack for like $15. Okay. I was like, well, that's worth it to have at least the first three on Blu-ray. So I guess I'll just get the entire pack. And then I've never watched anything past the one where I tapped out in the theaters. It, it reminds me a lot of cube in a lot of ways. Yeah. Cause cube was such a brilliant movie. I mean, just border borderline like genius. Cause the, the idea of, the way they build the sets, just that all you had to do is change the light bulbs you're in a new room. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. And then it does leave you wanting a sequel because you want to find out more about what's going on. But instead of them doing the same thing again and just giving you a little bit more, which is what they should have did... They like went way the fuck over the top, and they were like, "Well, now it's got to do with time travel." And you're like, "What in the fuck is <laughs> no?" Like, <laughs> yeah. See, I've never seen past the first one because I've heard the rest are just garbage. So I saw them, but I saw them like when they were new. So however long oh. ago it is, I can't recall. I actually think the third, the third one, which I do believe is the prequel one, I think so. Zero. Is it's almost tolerable if once again but it's it's in that situation kind of like the friday the 13th movies if you divorce it from the first movie 
and just watch it as its own thing, it's kind of like a weird, interesting sci-fi horror movie. Hmm. The, the second one's just garbage. Yeah, like, It's not yeah. even that doesn't do anything for it. My memory of renting the movies was that I actually enjoyed Cube Zero, but it might be that it had been a while since I saw Cube when I watched it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's interesting. It's a really interesting movie, but it it almost deals completely. It approaches it approaches the story from a completely different angle, so it's not. I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost yeah. like a shared universe movie rather than a sequel or a prequel, if that makes sense. I, for some reason, I just tried to look this up, and Cube Two is actually called Hypercube. Yes, it is. And it's large. That movie, that movie can't. It, it can't be good if it's called Hypercube. Hypercube. Cube to the extreme. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that! I don't think I'll be watching those. Yeah, but same. Is it just I don't know. That's why it reminds me. Just because the first one's such a, a brilliant movie, and then to have the follow-ups not. Because I know you like the second and third Saw movies, and they're they're like okay, mm. but that first movie's so good. Oh yeah, yeah. That that in comparison, even the second and third movies, which are tolerable, are still crap. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. In all honesty, like if when I go back and watch the Saw series, I go back and watch the first one, and then kind of just stop. And it, like, <laughs> I find it's that's how it keeps it the most effective. Yeah. Yeah, so do not waste your time on Jigsaw. Complete letdown. Completely just like annoyed. So angry when I left. I'm like, luckily I used Movie Pass or I would be ten times more angry than I am right now. But I I have figured out the they the Saw movies are so unmemorable that if you just watch random sequels, just to like grab a disc and put it in, you yeah. have no fucking idea which one you're watching. <laughs> Wait a minute! Is that Mark Wahlberg this time? That's what I'm saying. Which which is weird because the Friday the Thirteenth series, even if you put in one of the bad ones, you know exactly which one you're watching within oh, yeah. ten seconds of putting the movie in. Yeah, well, the title screen comes up. So, well, I'm I'm saying besides that, <laughs> know, if you I just know. zoomed into the middle of the movie, you'd still be like, okay, second girl seven. here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future um so doug do you want to clue people in what we're going to be doing next time uh yeah we're going with a bunch of kitty movies next time because that's a logical transition from what we did this week yeah (laughs) uh so some reason yeah go ahead yeah so we're either going to um we're either going to watch some great movies or we're going to ruin our childhoods by watching <laughs> The Wizard and uh, Little Monsters. So lots of Fred Savage next week. Yeah, we decided to explore the oeuvre of Fred Savage cinematic works. <laughs> well, that might be all his movies. Um, vice versa, he was also in. That's a good point. I have no idea what that is. That's back the, when uh, the body switching movies were really big. Yeah, yeah. So him, him, so, and Judge Reinhold play father and son, and they switch bodies for however the, determined the amount of time. Freaky Friday with a penis. 
pretty much. Yeah, but there was like, I don't know how many of those movies came out. I think there was like at least three in the same year, and they were all like yeah. the kid was from one of the sitcoms, and the dad was yep. from a different sitcom, and they switched bodies. It was, it was like, uh, like, Father, one. like Father Like Son with Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. Yeah. Together on screen at last. There was Vice Versa. <laughs> There was another one. There was another one. What was it, though? Fuck. I don't remember. Spoiler warning for you guys probably not remembering much about Little Monsters, but it's basically Howie Mandel in makeup being a Howie Mandel clown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Which is... Which that, of of all the things that might be insufferable. (laughs) (laughs) No, nah, I feel like this is when he was still somewhat funny. Now he just comes off as neurotic and weird, so. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. Oh, that's weird. In, in an attempt to get to uh, understand the third movie with the body switching, yeah, I clicked on the vice versa IMDb, and uh-huh. you know where it says, if you like this, you may also like. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't exist for this movie. That section's just not there. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you like this movie, stop watching movies. <laughs> it, just, it, it actually says here, if you like this, go fuck yourself. It's weird. I don't know why why IMDb would put that up. But. So funny. Uh, you know what we might be thinking of? And it's not really a body swap movie, but it is. It would be big with Tom Hanks. I feel like that's not right, but it might be. <laughs> Well, I just typed in uh, into Google uh, body swapping movies from the 80s, and there's like Father Likes on Vice Versa 18 again with George Burns. Yeah. Didn't see that one. Uh, Big. Didn't they remake 18 again with uh, one of the douchebag kids from Disney? They've remade all of these. Yeah. There was a second wave of body switching. Um,. There was, was there was all of me with uh, Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin, and then uh, Dream a Little Dream with oh. the Corys. Dream a Little Dream is a body switching movie. I guess I don't. Know. I've never seen it. Uh, me neither. And then uh, chances are with Civil Shepherd the in it, put it on a list. Uh, do Coryathon? Can we do Blown Away again? Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> License to Drive. I love License to Drive. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying I want to watch it. I know. <laughs> uh, we should do that in celebration of Corey Feldman uh, naming his uh, his abusers, I guess. Do we do like one Corey's movie every time he names a different abuser? Because <laughs> the first name came out this way. Send him a letter incentivizing him. Be like, listen, you're going to review your movies. But only after you start naming names. Instead of being weird and cagey and acting like the government's going to shoot you if you say a name. Yeah, feel like A, Corey Feldman doesn't give a shit if we talk about his movies. Oh, I think he does. I think he does too. I think he's kind of an attention whore. No, I think he wants people to talk about his movies. I think he gives a shit if we talk about our movies. So that Jeff and Alan know what we think of them. I don't think it cares matters like maybe if Roman was still listening. Uh so we're gonna get a weird iTunes review that's like, Yeah, I was really enjoying the show 
And then they took a weird turn around episode eight where they only review Corey Feldman movies now. As long as he's revealed the name of his, one of his users that week. Welcome to the Midnight Feld cast. <laughs> we're going to one subscriber on iTunes and we're like, holy shit, it's him. Oh my god. That means eventually we would have to watch that god-awful National Lampoons movie that he was in. Oh, yeah. By the way, that person would still give us like four and a half stars, which would be... <laughs> People are nice to us. <laughs> really? They, they really they nailed it with the Feldman. <laughs> we weren't the only ones that nailed Feldman. Oh! <laughs> uh, hopefully I end the show just before that happened. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.